This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. what dad it just seems to be a sort of pattern here because i think we're on to sort of episode six so i just seem to be every time i speak to you i seem to be strapped sort of stripped down to my pants almost naked sweating do you know what i mean just just saying you know what rj uh <laughs> i have that effect on people especially when podcasting hello and welcome back to another episode of bite size cinema I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1985 to look at Richard Donner's and the amalgamation of Steven Spielberg's uh, cult classic uh, adventure treasure hunting movie It's Got It All and that is The Goonies from 1985 and joining me today for the show is Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. Dan, how are you doing buddy? I'm doing the truffle shuffle. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you turd! <laughs> I'm doing really well. I'm doing oh, really well, thanks, dear. RJ. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, like I said, I'm um, just sweating here in my pants on the other side of the mic uh, talking to you, which is always good, mate. Um, just opened up a beer. Looking forward to this Same episode. Here. So, um, but yeah, no, I've been I've been busy, mate. I've been recording a few episodes. Uh, recorded with Gary yesterday. We did the thing. Um, like <laughs> as you probably already know, looking at your post earlier, um, I've never said the word "fuck off" so much in a show. <laughs> talking to Gary. No, well, I mean the the, uh, the episode started with you two telling each other to fuck off, and I thought, well, this doesn't sound good. I thought they both really liked this film, so I yeah. don't know how, how this is going to happen. And then. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, God bless Gary, he stepped in for me, because um, unfortunately Pete couldn't make it, he had some other things to do, so Gary said, yeah, I'll jump on the show with you, I said, would you be ready in about 20 minutes, he said, yeah, not a problem, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, God bless his heart, he just come off from a night, so, you know, but um, he started to fire up by the end of the show, and you could probably hear that in the last five minutes when he to- <laughs> totally offended Cork Psyops. <laughs> You know I mean? know. He said, fuck, that guy can fuck off. That was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> that, that dude can go fuck off as well. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I've started the Legion podcast war. Oh my God, watch out. So. <laughs> oh but it's all good fun, Jesus. man. But um, how are you doing anyway? You right? You um, been keeping busy? You been watching any movies? Yeah, pretty busy. Um, I've got my my bathroom at the moment. It's been renovated and it looks like something out of wrong turn because Ooh. they've stripped the walls back and there's all these little wooden bits behind the walls. And I was worried I was going to find like a, a skeleton or something. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's not good. But um, so I'm kind of washing in the sink at the moment. I don't mind telling your listeners that, you know, I've got no shame. I'm kind of wa- having to wash in the sink for the next week because I haven't got a bloody bathroom, really. I won't tell you where I'm going to the toilet. That's, oh. that's private. But... <laughs> it's, uh, as, long, as long as your beard's okay, Dan, that's all I'm worried about, mate. You... Well, I gave <laughs> it a good wash. Give it a good wash in the sink. That's the main thing. <laughs> so what are you telling me? you got two dudes uh, tied to the bathroom floor, some guy tied around your toilet on a chain with a... 
hacksaw or something like that, is it? <laughs> hey, come on, man. I told you to keep that private. Well, you know, I might just... Uh, I'll keep that in the show, man. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. And uh, I noticed that you posted online the other day, that, or yesterday, actually, you watched The Void uh, for the second yeah. or third time, I think you said. Yeah, Matt. I mean, The Void from 2016. I think it's actually probably the third time in the last six months I've watched that. I, I don't know why it keeps coming back into my watch. Um, it was on the Horror Channel, and I, and I, and I just can't get enough, enough of that film, really. And the mm. more I watch it, the more I really appreciate what's going on with it. Yeah. Um, it's a really great movie. And I think I said to you, for me, it starts off a bit like Halloween 2 in the hospital. Yeah. Trapped in a, a, one environment. And you've got that thing element, which then plays into the sort of middle and the end of the movie with the creatures and the mutations, uh, all practical effects, really. There's very little CGI um, and just goes off into this whole other place. And I still have yet to watch Color Out of Space, oh. but I know that it's probably going to be quite a lot like the end of The Void. Um, yes. Yeah, The Void is amazing. Yeah, I think The Void, I think it was made by two special effects artists who took their hand at directing. Um, but it was you can see it's heavily focused on the special effects and you're, you're right the more I watch it the more I enjoy it and I think it's getting a little bit of a cult following now with people and I think it's just a couple of guys that just thought let's make a movie for the fans you know practical special effects you know you've got the thing elements in there um, there's a bit of assault on precinct 13 in there as well I thought uh, which is pretty good I'm always a totally, fan of that totally. uh, also HP Lovecraft you know, it's always good to see HP Lovecraft oh. movie, isn't it? You know, wherever you look. Love some tentacles. Love some tentacles. <laughs> tentacles, not testicles, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love them both. You know, oh, I yeah, you I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> a sexist well, podcast. The That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about The Void is it... Um, it's we talked about VHW, which you um, actually did a bite-sized review of, and it's mm. got that... John Carpenter movie that wasn't directed by John Carpenter yeah. vibe with it, hasn't yeah. it? The Void. Yeah, absolutely. It's just very much that mm. uh, old school gritty feel to it, which we love. Obviously, I know. I think you're a fan of John Carpenter films. I'm pretty sure I've heard you talk uh, about them at least yeah. once in every show. I think I might have mentioned that once or twice, if not <laughs> on every show that I talk about. There's always a John Carpenter element on it. Um, no, but I think you're right, mate. <laughs> absolutely. I think this would be the sort of movie that I would kind of expect to see from JC. Um, yeah. As I said on the thing episode, I said to Gary, I said I'm still half expecting JC to pull something out of the bag as a bit of a bookend and something not necessarily like Halloween or anything. Not the Halloween's a great movie, but I'd just like to see him make something where the fans go, "Oh, where did that one come from?" Do you know what I mean? You know, like with the fog and Escape from New York, something sort of. Do you know what I mean? Something fresh. Perhaps, but something original something different maybe yeah. something he's shot in lockdown you know mm. i don't know there's a lot he could do um but i i agree with you you know he's not too old yet to make another another movie and i i just hope he finds some fire in his belly to pull one last great movie out of the bag really i yeah. agree with you i'd love to see him do something put that video game down in that fag <laughs> just you know just go and make a movie john go and do it if you're listening john if you just happen to be listening to this show mate go and make us a movie please <laughs> just one just yeah, one just more one john more. that's all we want oh dearie me but um yeah so I, as you know mate i was watching the uh mandalorian um yeah i wanted to that. talk to you about that so it 
it sounds like you did what I did, which I had a day off about two days after it came out, and I watched the whole show in one day because it's not that long they're only about 30 minutes per mm. episode yeah and there's only eight episodes and and it plays out like well i mean for you it's i've recommended it to gab for the same reason i know that it would appeal to you mm. in that it, it is a straight up western yeah. that just happens to take place in yeah. the star wars universe you know um and i can imagine that really appealing to you it's got that lone gunslinger mm-hmm. you know he doesn't really show his face he's almost like um Clint Eastwood, isn't he? You know, yeah. he's just this guy that's yeah. got a job to do, you know, and that's that's it. Anyone that gets in his way gets shot. He might team up with the odd person here or there, but yeah, yeah it's great. It's, you liked it then? I loved it, mate. I absolutely loved it. I just I watched the first episode because you know the pilot episodes are always like the big sort of thrills, aren't they? Because they're trying to sort of get mm. you on board. And I just thought that was really good. I bet the second one's good, but not as going to going to be as good as the f- first one. And then I watched the second one and I thought, oh my God, that was just as good as a pilot. And then I watched the third one and I thought, oh my God, that was just as good as a pilot. And then I got to number eight and I thought, <laughs> in fact, every single one of these are good. Do you know what I mean? All the stories. And um, I think a lot of that is because you've got eight different directors, haven't you, on, on the show. Yep. Um, one of them being Bryce Dallas Howard on there as well. And I think the talent on this show is good. You know, it's very sharp. It's very snappy. It chucks in loads of Easter eggs. Um, and for me personally, like you just said there, Dan, I am a big fan of the sort of almost like the Lone Ranger, the guy who sort of works independently and he sort of kicks ass and almost like the samurai and all that sort of stuff. And I just thought this is just yeah. amazing and I loved it. And uh, obviously, I don't want to spoil it too much for anybody who might, might be listening who hasn't seen it, but I just I liked all the Easter eggs in there as well from the other. Star Wars movies as well. I just thought that tied in really nice. I agree. And I think where it really gets a big thumbs up from me is it, it doesn't outstay its welcome because a lot of these shows that get mm. dropped now, it, you know, that there's 20 episodes, 25 episodes, some of the most of them are an hour each. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I make time to watch the shows I want to watch, but it's nice to pick up something that's only half hour episodes. There's only eight episodes. Yeah. And I just happen to have the day off and be able to watch it all in one go. And it was just great and i will watch it again definitely because i know they're making season two um so i'm really looking forward to that and seeing what they do with that yeah absolutely man it's um i don't want to say this kind of sounds cliche with my show but i can't say it without not saying it it's bite size isn't it do you know what i mean you're getting a little bite perfect yeah no it is (laughs) not that i'm trying to sell my show in any sort of way but (laughs) it kind of works and someone bite size keep it safe I'll see you soon. <laughs> right, guys, that's the end of the show. I'll see you later on. Bye. Yeah, this is it. We've gone off on a massive Star Wars tangent. Um, the other thing I was going to say, mate, obviously I had your, you know, your co-host on the show the other day. Obviously, we mentioned Gav uh, with Unforgiven. I've got to say, mate, um, I've done almost 60 shows now. I get Gav on the show. We mentioned Dick and Willie. I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? It's just, there's no, no avoidance, well, is there, Gav? I want to have a word with you, actually, because uh, you two are accusing me of being a bit of a drunk. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that's just it. Yeah, he just chucks that one in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, all, yeah. there's all sorts of weird stuff going on here, isn't there? Because I said to him, look, me and Dan are having an affair on the podcast, and he just said, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and now I feel like I'm letting you down because I'm now accusing you. Do you know what I mean? It's this whole weird... It's almost like a sort of drama, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> the Legion podcast drama. What, what's Gav, Dan and RJ doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're in an open relationship. You know, I've allowed him to come and speak with you, and he's allowing me to come and speak with you. So, you know, it, it's fine. We yeah. understand. Well, you know, no one will love each other as much as we love each other, but nice. there's always a bit of time for a bit of RJ as well. So, we're alive for that. And the other thing, mate, I was going to say is, um, I've never heard Gav sound so enthusiastic about something non-horror. I was quite surprised. You know, I mean, talking about a western, I just thought, you know, because he picked the movie, and I thought, okay, we'll give it a go. And he, he, was, he was just, you know, firing away, and I thought, wow, you know, he's big yeah, on the old. I western, mean, but. Gav Dove loves he loves his horror, and that is his main staple. Uh, but he also really loves his western, his sort of detective movies, his noir movies. Mm. And that's why we love coming on, you know, other shows, your show particularly, uh, and any other show I may have guested on, because it's, it's it's fun to talk about, you know, I've talked to you now about He-Man, Ninja Turtles, you know, whatever else we've talked about, Bruce Lee, Jackie yeah. Chan. And it's fun because I, we, we are passionate about, I mean, I'm certainly passionate about film in general, as you, yeah. as you oh, know yeah. from listening to my show and chatting to me. So to talk about stuff like this, and this, 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 the movie we're going to be talking about in this episode is extremely close to my heart. I know it's mm, close to your heart oh, and a yeah. lot of our, your listeners' hearts. But um, yeah, man, it's it's exciting. And yeah, Gav loves a western. Oh my god, he loves he loves a bit of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, so, no, it's yeah, fun. he was, he would have been loving talking about that. It was uh, it was fun chatting to him about it. He reckons that he said to me when he gets old, he reckons he might be like Clint Eastwood. So he might be that sort of grouchy old man. <laughs> uh, he's kind of a bit like that now, really. So. <laughs> Hang on a second, we're done with him. <laughs> we, we, hang on, what are we causing here? Do you know what I mean? He's going to be listening, might be listening to this. <laughs> right, before we get into any more strife with the podcast and Legion and all that, before Bo Rans will start stepping in to say, guys, you need to sort this out. <laughs> Shall we have a look at this movie then, mate? Shall we have a look at the Goonies? I'm ready to go. I've got my bully blinders on. I've got my pinches of power and my slick shoes. Oh, yes, um, slick I'm shoes. I'm ready. Right, so shall we get on those BMX bikes then, mate, and go on a bit of an adventure? 100%. Okay, then, guys. Well, you know how it works. Let's play you guys a trailer. Let's go back to 1985, and we will see you soon. Hey, Mike found the map. One-eyed Willie. My dad told me all about him. See, One-Eyed Willie stole treasure once, and then he got into this cave, and he's been there ever since. Trapped. You guys, just what if this map could lead to One-Eyed Willie's rich stuff? I'm setting booty traps. You mean booby traps. That's what I said, booby traps. I want to go home. Don't say that. Goonies never say die! Oh my god. From Steven Spielberg. The Goonies. Do the truffle shuffle. Come on! Do it! And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is a group of young misfits called the Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long-lost treasure. It's a 114-minute runtime. It's a PG. It's got 7.8 on IMDb. And it was directed by 
Richard Donner with executive producer Steven Spielberg, which we'll go into in a minute. So, Dan, the Goonies, mate. What can you say about this movie, man? I mean, I can pinpoint exactly the first time I saw it. I was nine yeah. years old. Um, it was That was 1987. Right. Uh, I saw it at my cousin's house, summer holidays. Uh, probably ended up watching it two or three times during the six-week school holidays. Um, and when I came back to school, I was in a new class in primary school, you know, first school. And it was all I could talk about to the point that we had to do a journal every Monday. We had to write sort of a page in our journal about what we'd been up to that weekend. And I would just draw the pictures of the Goonies and write about their adventures, whether yeah. I was regurgitating the film or writing new adventures. I was obsessed with this film for, for months and months and months. And it's just become a part of my DNA, really, yeah. um, which sounds strange, but... It really is. It really, really is. Yeah, no, I yeah, totally get that, It's just phenomenal. I mean, I don't have to... You, you know me, you know, my effect with... Because as a hobby, I go treasure hunting. That kind of sounds a bit sexy. I mean, I go metal detecting, but I go looking for old... Well, I mean, it, it is pretty sexy, like to be honest. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I do wear my cowboy hat sometimes, and people give me odd looks and things Yeehaw. like that. Yay! <laughs> Just go and, look for the lost, <laughs> go and look for the lost ark in some farmer's field. Um... But that is about, you know, with the time that I was growing up, and we've mentioned this before, you know, I just think, I believe it was a bit of a golden age, you know, because there were so many great movies, you know, with like Jaws, Indiana Jones, Close Encounters, um, and then you've got The Goonies, you know, and I, I was just blown away by it, and I watched it probably about the same age as you, probably about 1987 on VHS. Um, but my, the first time I ever actually saw a glimpse of this movie was at the cinema. I can't remember what film it was I was wow. going to see. But I didn't actually see it at the cinema, but I saw the trailer at the cinema. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, what is that film? Do you know what I mean? Just having watched Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS and then seeing this with a group of kids, you know, carrying out that same sort of adventure. You know what trailers are like. You, they're, they're so good, aren't they? Showing you these like, little clips and you're thinking, Wow. That is just amazing, you know, and then when I finally got to see this film, I was just like, just blown away by it, you know, the characters, the story, the bad guys, the the music, you know, Cindy Lauper, you know, good enough for you, it's... Oh, that, that movie, I was just listening to that just before we started recording, actually, it's, it's great, really great song, actually, um, oh, great man. soundtrack all round. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, and, and the other thing, Dan, I can't, I mean, I watched this... Uh, a couple of days ago and I just keep think I keep thinking I can't really there's no other film like it is it I mean there's other treasure hunting no, movies I mean, but... you're right it's got elements of Indiana Jones and lots of other things but you're right there's not quite a, a lot of films have tried to do this since then um, yeah. even Stranger Things stuff mm. like that you know but this movie, what you what you've said is correct. You know, I agree with you 100%. The cast, the score, the action, every, the adventure, everything. But I think what this movie's got, which a lot of movies struggle to uh, create, this has just got this a natural fun or a natural flow. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's just so fun from beginning to end. There's no let up for fun, and that's what a nine-year-old me and a nine-year-old you. That's why it's captured us because it's just non-stop fun doesn't matter about the action or the comedy or the acting or anything it's just fun yeah that's, that's, that's the, the key word here and it's also got a bit of a 
in the words of Gary Hill, and I like this word that he uses, it's, it, it's not a, he doesn't want to call it a safe movie, but this film lets the kids be sort of adults and the heroes and deal with um, possibly danger, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I think Ricky Morgan might have mentioned that oh, as yeah. well. Like in the 80s, kids were allowed to just go out go on these adventures and take on the bad guys and deal with it and they kind of raise rise to the uh, level to deal with that don't they do you know what I mean you know with the fratellis <laughs> you know like it's uh... <laughs> 100% I mean we've seen it in E.T. we've hmm. seen it in a bunch of movies where the, the kids are the ones that know what's actually going on and the adults are just, just these bungling fools oh, around yeah. them that, that just don't really have a clue and we see that all the time. And that's what these sort of movies really appeal to us as kids. You know, Flight of the Navigator, whatever it is you want to say. The kid's the one that's at the heart of the adventure. Um, the kid's the one that knows the score and, you know, is is either being chased by or chasing down the bad guys. Um, the, the adults are just kind of there at the beginning. And then yeah. at the end, like, oh, you're safe. Thank God. And it's like, yeah, but I've been on a massive adventure. Hey, yes. And that's why we love this movie as kids. Actually, you hit a good point there. I think someone... I don't know if you mentioned that on your show. I heard it somewhere where someone actually said, the Goonies, there isn't actually any adults to help out these kids as such. Do you know what I mean? I know you've got... No, um, not at all. I know you've got Sloth with uh, Chunk, but you don't actually have any sort of main sort of protagonist who's sort of leading the way, which you might have in another movie, if you know what I mean. So you might have kids with an adult as a sort of swashbuckling sort of hero leading the way. But this is just totally left to the kids to deal with, isn't it? Um, and then you've got a lot of, you know, the Fratellis, and then you've got this other sort of arsehole character from the, um, what was it, the tennis club? You know, that, I can't remember his name now, the doo-doos. Oh, Troy. Troy. Yeah, Troy and his dad, you know, yeah. what an absolute sleazebag. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. hate it>. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get on to later on. Um but yeah, it's just it's just good. It's just I think it's good story making, and like I say, you got the Cindy Lauper um, soundtrack in this as well. And she she took hold of the actual soundtrack herself. Um, I know you got the instrumental score, which is very good, but she she put in all the other bits as well. Um, and like I say, every time I hear that yep. song, I'm always on my BMX bike. You know the Good Enough song. You know you feel like you're going to go and look for some pirate treasure, and that's just how that's a testament to just getting the right song for this movie, do you know what I mean? So you sort of, by the time you've watched the end of this movie, you're walking out of the cinema feeling really good about yourself, do you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, that's a real feel-good movie, you know. Um, well, strangely, um, Corey Feldman didn't like that Goodies, uh, Goonies Are Good Enough song. He was a massive Cindy Lauper fan, right. you know, when they made this. And then he got the chance to be in the, the music video with her. And, you know, he knew that this song was coming on the movie he was in. But he said he didn't like the song. He said it wasn't as good as any of the other songs. And it was a silly song. But oh, I think really? in retrospect oh. now, he looks back and thinks, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. I mean, Corey Feldman's a very strange guy. We've, we talk about him on almost every episode I'm on with you because he's, I mean, what's this now? The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, I um, guess so, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And now this. So. Yeah. Welcome to the Corey Feldman podcast with uh, Dan and RJ. <laughs> well, we are in his fan club. We've, we've talked about that. <laughs> this episode, we're talking oh, about Corey Feldman. <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to say, this this episode, we're talking about Corey Feldman's new album. <laughs> Can we do an episode on his music? I'm happy to join Well, yeah, one. we could put that together, mate. I'm, you know, I'm very sort of... <laughs> Open with stuff like that, it's not a problem at all, man. <laughs> oh dear. 
Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? It's the cast and it's the characters, really. You know, as a kid, we didn't really know the cast, you mm. know. Um, but now we know that this is this is littered with great actors. You know, even the Fratellis, we've got Joe Pantaleone, uh, we've got Robert Davi as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and the kids, the cast of the children, you know, Sean Astin would go on, obviously, famously to be in Lord of the Rings and pop up in a few other bits and bobs here and there as well. Yeah. You know, he's a, a really good actor in his own right as an adult. Josh Brolin, I mean, Christ, he he's done bloody well for himself, hasn't he? He's you know, done very well. He's, you know, um, uh, old country for old, no country for old men, wasn't it? He, I think that kind of put him on the block a little bit. Um, took the words up my mouth, actually. Yeah. I watched that again last week and, uh, my God, he's great. I mean, he's great in most things, to be honest with you. Josh Brolin yeah. is one of those great actors and, yeah, because obviously um, his father obviously was uh, was it James Brolin who was in yeah uh, film I reviewed Capricorn One and he looks just like his dad. He's just got that sort of tough guy sort of character to him. Um, have you seen Deadpool Two? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's right. He plays um, can't remember the name of the character. Cable. He plays it. That's it. Uh, he also plays Thanos, doesn't he? In in the Marvel movies. He does. As well, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think they've. Um, uh, Data, you know, again, he was in, um, I think he was in Temple of Doom before this, wasn't he? I think he did this before yeah. the Goonies. Yeah, short, short round. Short round. He's, he's probably he's probably the character I wanted to be the most when I watched this, do you know what I mean? Sort of the guy with all the gadgets. Oh, man, he was the one, wasn't he? But in this, like, when I watched this, I, I always kind of wanted to be as cool as Mouth, but Mouth was a bit of a dick, Corey Feldman. Mm. So really, you want it to be either Josh Brolin or you want it to be Data because Data had all the gadgets. He had the yeah. James Bond music playing. Yeah. And although he didn't get it quite right, he you just you were with Data because, you know, especially that scene where he says, hang on a minute, and they say, what are you doing? He says, slick shoes. And yeah, it actually it. works. And yeah. he, he slips them out. <laughs> and you're like, yes! Woo! <laughs> and he's got those, uh, that torch in it that comes up. Hey, I was just, uh, yeah, taking on these two guys one <laughs> night, wasn't it? Oh, damn, the batteries don't last that long or something. <laughs> oh, data. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to have his trench coat, actually, with all the badges on it. Do you know what I mean? That's pretty cool. He's a thought. badass, man. He's yeah, an absolute he badass. An absolute badass. But like I said to you before, mate, it's. Uh, I, I would take that as a childhood actor. I think, do you know what I mean? Doing those two roles, being data and short round out of Indiana Jones, man. That's it. That's my career done, you know? And he, he's gone on now. Kihoi Kwan has gone on to... He's a martial arts fight choreographer in movies, mainly Hong Kong movies, but oh, some American movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's he's still working in film, you know, and he's still doing... He doesn't act as really, if, if at all. He may do the odd doubling or something, maybe in a, a scene, but he's mainly a choreographer for martial arts fight scenes. So he's gone on to do really well. I think, I think the only one that hasn't gone on to act is um, Chunk, um, who is Jeff Cohen. He's now a lawyer, That's an, actor, right. an actor's lawyer in Hollywood. That's it. And it's very interesting. The other thing I was going to say, Dan, is... Um Every time I watch The Goonies, I don't know if it's because I've watched it as a kid, but even though I'm an adult now, Brad always seems like the older brother. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's. Yeah. I watch it and I just think he still seems like the older brother. He doesn't seem like a kid to me. He just seems, I don't know if that's just like, uh, again, a testament to how he's acted the role or whatever, or me watching it, remembering it as a kid, but he just seems like, do you know what I mean? That's just setting the I, test I think, of time. Or whatever, you know? I think it's a combination of, Josh Brolin's acting, but also I think the writing, because, and I was going to bring this up actually, is, mm. is that although he's the big brother, 
in this and obviously andy and steph they're like kind of slightly older those three than the rest of the kids there's no them and us they're all kind of in this together and oh, yeah. they all can kind of hang out together and he's not an annoying big brother is he brand he's he's sort of just no you know, he's a big yeah. brother so he's but you're a bit pissed off with him sometimes but he's a good guy really yeah um i think you just hit on something there i was going to say um all the characters all have their own leading roles in this in terms of like chunk at the beginning he's got you could think oh he's gonna be the guy that possibly might be the sort of oddball which he is in a way but then he's he kind of takes charge a little bit doesn't he and then even that little bit i like it where he's playing the sort of idiot and eating all the ice cream and all this sort of stuff but then when um mike is telling him about the story he does come out and say yeah but hey mikey how about how did the story or the map get out and there's just a little bit of him yeah. sort of saying, I'm not really stupid, mate, do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I might question something. Do you know what I mean? I just kind of like that. And each every, each character has that in this movie, do you know what I mean? They all have their moments of just taking the lead just for a few minutes. And, yeah, it's and I think cool, that's man. it. They're the Goonies for a reason. They're mm. misfits, aren't they? None of them are perfect, you know. No. Sean Astin, Mikey's got asthma and he's a, he's a massive nerd. He's a massive geek, you know. Um, you've got Chunk, who's obviously like he's the chubby one everyone makes fun of, and he's, he's just a compulsive liar. You know, yeah. uh, it talks about Michael Jackson <laughs> coming. It wasn't Michael Jackson; it was his sister that you wanted to use my bathroom. Yeah. Actually, that's um, it. <laughs> there's a, there's also a little Easter egg to um, Gremlins as well, isn't there? Because he says and he's talking to the sheriff. Yeah, man. He, was that the little creatures this time that multiply? That you know, with Morton not allowed to feed after midnight. And I thought oh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, because of course Corey Feldman was in. Gremlins. Yeah, that's right. And also, was it Richard Donner? He and Steven Spielberg, they helped out. Well, they obviously were involved with Gremlins, weren't they? So, uh, And I think mm-hmm. this was part of a three-picture deal. So you had Gremlins, The Goonies, and uh, Young Sherlock Holmes. So um, all, all three of these guys were involved in those movies. So it was kind of like a sort of three-picture deal. Incredible um, three movies as well, really. Oh, yeah. Be, yeah you know, yeah. as part of that deal. Absolutely. And I think uh, Spielberg actually directed some of the movie. I don't know which parts, but apparently he had a go at directing as well. So, um. Yeah, I think he directed um, some of the bits to do with when they first see the pirate ship, I believe. Um, right. There's probably a couple of other bits. It's kind of that thing where they're all in this little club together, and he probably did a bit more than we know. Mm. Um, but it's definitely got a Spielberg feel to yeah. this movie, hasn't it? I don't think he fully took the helm like he did with Poltergeist with Toby Hooper. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't so much cocaine floating around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what Toby Hooper does is what Toby Hooper does. Well, I won't get into that. No, I won't get into that. I'm just It's just uh, observation, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's only what I've read on the internet <laughs> just for the show <laughs> um, and talking about the pirate ship they actually built that that's a full scale um, 17th or 18th century uh, pirate ship that they built and you can tell 
Yeah. That's again, this movie, I would describe the word I would use to describe it, I've said fun, but I would actually use magic mm. to describe this movie. It's a magical movie. That set, you can tell those sets are real. You know, oh, you can't fake yeah. that. No. They built that whole pirate lagoon with the, the cave and the real ship, you know, and that they can dive in the water. They had to heat the water so the kids would be okay. They got a company in to build water slides that yeah. went down into that lagoon. I mean, wow. if you were an actor in this, ki- in this movie as a kid, this is just a whale of a time this is like summer camp yeah. you go off for a couple of months shoot this movie with pirates and treasure and water slides you know and you've got a big monster and a superman t-shirt and yeah. everything else in it it's just a magic and, the, and i think because the kids have such a good time and i compare this to when i go and see this can be a strange tangent but when i go and see a band right and they are having so much fun on stage that they don't really care whether there's an audience or not it makes the audience respond in a way that's like they have just as much fun as the band. And you can mm. tell because everybody making this, all the kids, even like the older kids, Sean Astin and then the older actors, that because they're having so much fun making this movie, yep. they can sense there's like a magicalness to it. That then makes the audience feel that as well. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that's, that is the building block of good filmmaking, isn't it? If people are getting on on set and like you say, and I think that's what makes this film a classic and hold the test of time because you can feel that can't you as a you know watching the movie um and i think that's a great analogy comparing it to like a rock band you know just having a good time throwing it out to the crowd and like i said yeah, i think uh, the crowd will respond the audience respond you know i think everybody got on and it's i think it's quite unusual for a producer executive producer director uh, you had chris columbus richard donner steven spielberg Apparently they all got on really well. That's the reason why they made these three movies like Gremlins and Young Sherlock Holmes. They all took took a turn at, you know, directing and so um yeah, yeah, I think it's just it, it, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, do you know what I mean? When you watch the film, it's just right there. Yeah. Um so yeah, and there was also um there's a couple of deleted scenes as well, wasn't it? It's something they mentioned but you don't see where they say they had a fight for an octopus. Um, yeah, that's well, right. They? And I think they actually made an octopus, but it got uh, deleted or something. So, yeah, uh, I've got the DVD. Um, I don't have. <clears throat> I don't know if it's out on Blu-ray, but I bought the DVD. The reason I bought the DVD when it first got re-released for the mm. like 25th anniversary is because there was a um, a commentary, a video commentary. So it's all of the cast, the surviving cast, sat at a table, and then the movie's playing in the top right-hand corner. So that was oh, my right. main reason for buying it. Yeah. So it's awesome to see that. But they do have some of the deleted scenes on there. And one of them is um, this octopus puppet. And it's kind of that Jules thing where it didn't look great. So no. they cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was a bit cheap. It kind of takes you, it would have taken you out of it because the octopus, they actually, the way they escape. Do you know the scene? Do you know how they get away from the octopus? The, uh, isn't it something to do with data? Doesn't he pull something out of the bag or not? one of them one of them pulls out a walkman a cassette walkman and plays music to the octopus and it starts sort of dancing and it dances (laughs) away from them and it just i mean you can probably youtube the scene it's not particularly very well done and i'm glad they cut it to be honest Mm. (laughs) it's out there i don't need a breakdance on octopus um what's the other thing i was going to mention with this um oh yeah that's the other thing you mentioned jaws um so there's lots of Easter eggs in this movie from other films. I think mean, there's obviously E.T. with the kids on the on the BMX bikes. 
Yeah. Something to do with Back to the Future, somewhere, Jaws. So all the other films that these directors have made, there's some, like we mentioned earlier with Gremlins, they somehow tied it in. The other thing I noticed as well was, um, it's probably not an Easter egg, but it's just Mikey's yellow rain jacket. And I just thought, oh, kind of a little bit of an it thing there, possibly, you know, with Stephen King, do you know what I mean? I yeah, know. I mean, maybe Stephen King, I don't know, yeah, maybe he... Especially Cause, when... Uh, the, the book was written before this film, but the film came out, the first film, the 90s TV movie, came out after this. So maybe they borrowed it from this, maybe, yeah. yeah. Because that's the only other thing, you know, where I sort of see, as I said earlier, you know, try and compare this with another movie is possibly like it where the kids have you know dealing obviously with something rather more evil as opposed to the fratellis in this movie but you know what i mean it's got that same sort of thing isn't it you know what i mean group of kids in a town going on adventures and then things yeah, start sure. ramping up a bit so um, um one more modern movie that came close mm. um to me uh, and it's a real divider for audiences but i really loved super eight oh, yeah. um had a real 80s Spielbergness mm. to it. Did you like that? Yeah, it's it's funny enough. It's one that goes under the radar, isn't it? I watched it once at the cinema. I think it was what did it come out about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah it must be about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. It's funny. It doesn't really get mentioned. Yeah, it's that great, much, does it really? No, I think got... some people just say like, "Oh, this is a blatant rip off of you know uh, an amalgamation of this, this, and this." But to me, it did it kind of good. I quite quite enjoyed it. Oh, One glaringly God. obvious Easter egg, which I only really picked up on a few years ago, is the fact that obviously Richard Donner directs this, mm. and uh, Sloth is wearing a Superman T-shirt, and oh, you know yeah. you hear that Superman theme tune, you mm. know, and, and that's something that really only picked up on in the last sort of probably in the last ten years. I really put the puzzle pieces together really yeah yeah that's right um i think did richard donner have something to do with the lost boys as well as a sort of executive producer why do i think he was involved with that as well you, you might be right you might be right i'm not um, i'm not always as good with my producer credit knowledge as i am with with other sort of bits and I'm pops, but you might well be right on that saying that because in lethal weapon which he directed he's got the lost boys in the background on the cinema that's right. So I'm just thinking there's a little bit of time there, but there you go. There's a bit of uh, trivia there. So, um, yeah, no, it's all good stuff, man. So should we have a look at this movie then, Dan? Should we have a chat I think we should uh, get on a pirate ship and have a look at what's going on. All right, Dan. Well, listen, man, because I always love your storytelling. Take us away, man. Take us back to Astoria <laughs> in 1985. <laughs> well, try and keep up with me because this is a fast-paced uh, story, isn't it? We, oh, yeah. Something that you've mentioned is, mm. and some of the movies we've covered together on your show, is this movie starts off like a lot of movies end. Yeah. Um, prison break, car chases, police, gunshots. Uh, and you kind of feel like this would be the end of a really good movie, but this is just the beginning of this film. Do you know what I mean? It's They, they kick it off as yeah. they mean to go on, really. And it doesn't let up at all. That's where probably Steven Spielberg comes, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's kind of got that sort of... He kind of manages stuff like that, doesn't he? So, yeah, and that's good stuff, isn't it? That's like you say, we're introduced to the Fratellis, aren't we? Mm. <laughs> good old now mother of Fratelli. Scene, <clears throat> well, the first scene is a scene that often is cut when it's shown on TV. Um, there's an edited version because um, one of the Fratelli brothers is pretending to have hung himself in prison. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously quite... We're starting a kid's movie off with a guy having committed suicide 
in a jail. <laughs> yeah, and <You> know. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that, I guess, really. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, because it's before the watershed, as we say, isn't it, on TV? It usually gets shown about sort of. I mean, in the 80s, anything goes, really. Back in the day, a kid's movie was just as much swearing and nudity sometimes mm. as, as like something rated 15 in the UK. You oh, know, yeah. it's just crazy, really. Yeah, we're not. Stu- we weren't stupid then, were we? We kind of we were in touch with stuff. We knew what was going on, didn't we, as kids? In so. <laughs> yeah, we we knew stuff was bad. We knew stuff was wrong. But yeah, so we we start off with Jake Fratelli of the famous Fratelli gang, the Fratelli family, and we're going to find out a bit more in a minute. But um, yeah, he pretends to hang himself. When the cop comes in, he obviously knocks out the cop, and outside, so he's played by Robert Davi, who's a great. 80s icon isn't he he just shows up in so many 80s movies yeah. he's brilliant he's in Die Hard isn't he Agent Johnson Agent Johnson no relation <laughs> <laughs> I love him I love Robert Davies he's yeah. brilliant um, and his brother is Joe Pantaleone who is in the Matrix movies and a couple of other movies as well he's, he's a that's big actor right. as well that's so. where I recognised him from that's right yeah so they're they're trying to break him out him and mama fratelli oh she's she's a beauty isn't she oh, mama yeah. fratelli that's Ooh. it gary gary's heels <laughs> balls will be dropping right now won't they <laughs> mine mine will be going up when i see her RJ. mine will be going back up <laughs> gotta love mother fratelli yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this score just kicks in and straight away you, you get that Spielbergness from the score and it's yes. not a John Williams score or anything no, like that but there's it's just not. something about the score you know you're in for an adventure it's a very powerful score um, isn't it it really does make you feel like you're going on an adventure doesn't it you know just really I was listening to it in the garden earlier and I just thought well yeah here we go we're going this is a Goonies adventure now do you know what I mean it's fantastic and it's a great way to introduce the Goonies now, because as this police chase across town happens, we get to meet the Goonies in mm-hmm. various, you know, you yeah. know, we got Data's at the, the junkyard trying one of his gadgets, which doesn't go right. Um, Chunk, <laughs> <laughs> Chunk is projectile milkshaking his milkshake all over the. I room. mean, how does that? <laughs> even when I watched this as a kid, I was like thinking, what is going on there with his milkshake? How do you do that? <laughs> I tell you what, it's a shame that um, Jeff Cohen, who played Junk, didn't go on to do more because he was such a comic, great comic timing. You know what I mean? Like he was so funny as a kid. Yeah, yeah, um, I would love to him to have gone on. He could have been like another. Maybe, I'm not saying just saying this because of his size, but he could have been like a maybe a bit of a John Candy or you know, I don't know. It was just something funny about him. He, he seemed to have the t- the the timing nailed down yeah you could have really almost seen him in stand by me or something like that can you as uh is it oh the old is it l the 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 sort of big lad in that i can't remember now but yeah could you uh, see him oh yeah i know the guy you mean um oh, what's his name why'd you, why you bring why'd you bring a brush you don't even have any hair isn't it <laughs> oh you guys i dropped the comb guys. Yeah, he is kind of like that guy isn't he yeah that's it Vern. So that's his name Vern. Vern, that's it that's it yeah that's um, his name <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we get a brief introduction to all the characters you know and, and just to run through them we, you know we I mean, this this another reason this movie's great, and I won't harp on about this too long. I will get into the story, but you know, these characters, like we touched on just now, you know, you've got Mikey and his brother Brand. You know, they're they're 
they're very close although they pick on each other they are very close oh, yeah, and there's a few very touching scene. scenes with them mm. you know you've got chunk you've got the annoying friend mouth as well who's just as annoying as chunk can be mm. um you've got the girls who stand their own you know steph and andy uh, and, and andy who might seem like she's the cheerleader and she, she in fact is a cheerleader she also can kick some ass if she needs to she yeah. tells troy straight you know that she's not having it and yeah. steph's certainly a, a badass um we mentioned data as well uh, and then later on, obviously, they're going to team up with this random mutated guy called Sloth. Yeah, <laughs> which that's is it. Just weird. That's everybody. Yeah, and that's just a weird way this movie goes, isn't it? With Sloth, it works, but it's just <laughs> again, as a kid, I've never seen anything like that in a movie. Do you know what I mean? As a sort of character. I mean, I can't think of a film where they've kind of teamed up with a monster halfway through. And I, know, I just mean to call him a monster because he's not, but he is kind of the monster of this movie. Yeah. But he's a gentle giant. And, That's and right. yeah, they're probably. I can't think of a movie where that happens. No, I can't. No, it's. Yeah, just couldn't explain it really. Uh, the other thing I noticed here with this film is where you've got Mouth. And he's obviously helping out his dad, isn't he? And he's sort of. There's a you know there's a yeah, show on the, TV in the kitchen with the plumbing, and he goes, "How's that? How's that tap going, son?" And he goes, Whoop, and it's just all the water comes out. And you notice how he just gets wet throughout this whole movie, doesn't he? Because it happens later on. He gets soaked. He's just always soaking wet, isn't he? Yeah, all yeah. the time he's always getting wet. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's just <laughs> done on purpose or not. I well, don't know. But it's just one of the things I noticed. Maybe that's a reference to Gremlins. Maybe I don't know. Ooh. Maybe they're getting him wet and he'll multiply and become several Corey Feldmans running around. That's it. That's all we need. And you, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, perhaps, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah maybe it's. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've got the introduction. There's pizza, dude. I love being a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. The way this movie feels, um, for me, especially watching it more as an adult, is it does feel like they just kind of press play press record and let the kids just go for it because yeah. the scenes just feel very um natural and ad-libbed yeah um and we start we start off with bran and his brother mikey and <clears throat> you know we find out that um this company are buying up all the property in the area they're gonna basically bulldoze a lot of the properties and turn it into a big golf course so you know the life they knew they're all probably 10 11 12 mm-hmm. maybe the oldest the life they knew is about to come to an end and they're all going to have to relocate in various parts of america and they're all going to miss each other they're going to miss that life so they're a bit sad about that and they all kind of congregate at, at brand mikey's house um hey mikey. turns up yeah that's it yeah he comes hey, in mikey. hey mikey hey mikey hey mikey mikey it's supposed to be cruising but no <laughs> you have to go and flunk it all up Big brother, isn't it? <laughs> it's just great, and he's he's just very he's very eighties, isn't he? He's got his can of Pepsi, he's got his purple rain t-shirt on him with prints and all that. Do you know what I mean? It's just really, <laughs> it's like a mini sort of uh, Star Lord, isn't he? From Guardians of the Galaxies. Like, Do you know what? It's like, he reminds me of a mini Styles from Team Wolf. You know, Team Wolf's best mate Styles. He's a bit like him as <laughs> yeah, well, like that, that cool yeah, guy. It's yeah. a little bit too mouthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, and then old, like you um, said earlier, old Chunk turns up as well, doesn't he? You know. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Oh, and uh, they say because Mouth's so mean, he says, "We'll let you in if you do the truffle shuffle." Yeah, well, everybody who's it. anybody who's even yeah. if you haven't seen this movie, you know the truffle shuffle, and it's very mean. <laughs> but it still made me laugh when I reviewed this the other night. I made my notes. Still made me laugh when oh. I watched him do that. I don't know why it makes me laugh. It's a fat kid 
jiggling about, but it makes me laugh so much. I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> and the, the mouth's all saying, even better than the time when Michael Jackson came around your house. <laughs> it's just all these things that he's it's saying, isn't it? He's such a liar, isn't it? <laughs> and he's really clumsy as well, isn't he, Chunk? Because he knocks over the statue um, and knocks the penis off the that's statue. That's right, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, oh, bang, that's it. <laughs> Jump. Don't get it. <laughs> Don't get it. That's it. Um, and when 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 they say when Mikey says that's my mum's favourite piece. Yeah, that's it. Ralph's um, I was like, uh, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. He's doing like a sort of Groucho Marx impression. Isn't he? That's it. Oh dearie, man. And then last but not least, it's time for Data to make his grand entrance. So mm-hmm. he uses a little grappling hook yeah. to swing down uh, through the window, but he just crashes in through the screen door. Knocks everything over, and this is what causes the statue, I think, to fall over mm. properly and break mm. the penis off. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, As you said earlier, mate, it is it's a. This. It's a full-on couple of minutes, isn't it? There's a lot going on there, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Stuff you probably miss as well, wasn't there? Really, when you watch it, there's just so much going on. There's no lead character. They're all very much at the forefront. Amalgamating, <clears> aren't they? <throat> as a group, aren't they? Yeah, I totally agree with that. One of my favourite gags now, one of my favourite sort of parts really is quite early on is this next scene where um, Mikey's mum comes home with mm. Rosalita. She doesn't speak English, she's Spanish and she she's there to help them box up the house um, and she says, do any of your boys speak Spanish? <laughs> and Mouth says, yeah, yeah, I, I, sp- I speak. And he speaks Spanish very, very well. So she says, oh, come with me and help translate everything I'm going to be saying to oh, Rosalita. Yeah. And this bit is just, and I, again, this is a kid's movie. So he walks in the bedroom and she says to Rosalita, okay, Mikey, tell her that everything needs to be taken out of this drawer, this drawer, and this drawer, the pants and socks, blah, blah, blah. And Ralph says something in Spanish and the subtitles say, okay, so the speed and the heroin go in this drawer, Mm -hmm. the cocaine goes in that drawer, the marijuana goes here, and you must always separate your drugs, okay? And Rosalita's like crossing herself, like, what is going on? (laughs) Um, they walk past the attic and uh mum says and that this is um mr walsh's uh attic he doesn't like anybody going up there because he keeps all of his sort of museums and antique stuff up there and uh mouth says in spanish never go in the attic this full of this is full of miss senor walsh's dangerous sexual torturous devices (laughs) (laughs) and she's totally buying into this as well isn't she she's got that look of shock in her face Oh, it's just yeah. magical it's just so funny and that bit goes on for a little bit longer it's just hilarious really I, I absolutely love that bit um, kids get sad and they decide you know let, let's let's go up in the attic and let's look at all that cool stuff that your dad has got because you're moving out soon you know we're not going to be hanging out anymore soon so it turns out that Mikey's dad Brandon Mikey's dad is uh, like a curator for a museum yeah. he's got loads of cool shit Ooh. I tell you what RJ you would probably love to go up in that museum wouldn't you you took the words right out of my mouth mate uh, yeah I, yeah. I knew it in I fact imagine you snooping right I, there. I, I could almost have something like that up in my loft with all my treasures and stuff like that and I absolutely love all that sort of stuff I really do I just like I, I love going to museums and seeing all this old stuff I was like wow so yeah that's totally me Dan you're you are absolutely right man it's just me 100%. I mean, <laughs> that attic really is, if you're not already sucked into this movie mm. as a kid, 
that attic scene is going to really suck you in because it's full of maps and treasure and those yeah. plasma balls, you know, and they're all laser sort of beam. looking around Ooh. and it's <laughs> laser beams. What the hell? <laughs> That's, that's a bit of and 80s of course, for you, isn't it? Was it? That's the other thing, yeah, Dan. Someone mentions, hey, we're just going to have a radioactive summer, guys. What's going on? Do you know what I mean? That's the other thing about, you know, <laughs> what was going on in the 80s, <laughs> it? what we was afraid of, what we said in the other episodes, you know what I mean? So, Sewers, radiation, uh, and quicksand. Laser beams and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but like you say, it's very clever here because they give you, the intro- like you said, you've got the introduction to the characters, You've got the Fratellis, you've got the bad guys, and now they're introducing you the story of um, One-Eyed Willie in the Inferno, and Mikey basically gives you the building block of this plot, really, isn't he? Of, you know, this adventure that they're yeah, going to yeah. go on, isn't it? Which is great. And it's a very old story, you know, a pirate treasure, that kind of mm. stuff. We've seen that done in a bunch of movies before and after, but the way this is just brought into modern times mm. in 1985 and a bunch of kids. And Mikey's a dreamer, you know, and he, he, he basically says, you know, if we can find this treasure, we can save. Like you said earlier, mm. the kids could save the day because the adults can't afford to buy out this company. No. But if we find this treasure, we could do it. Yeah. And he's a dreamer, but... Something about him, he's kind of, he kind of becomes the leader of the gang, really. Yeah. I've always seen him as the leader. This is the point where he becomes that. That's right. He's got the old doubloon, isn't he, in the map? And he tells a story, obviously, did he? And then they talk about Chester Copperpot, don't they? You know, I have the key <laughs> to One-Eyed Willie, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And they're starting to believe the story a bit now. And, uh, and, and again, as a child, I never got how rude that that pirate's name is. But as an adult, any time they say One-Eyed Willie, I'm thinking brilliant that is hilarious <laughs> it's great it's a great name <laughs> and then of course you know mikey just flicks the old the bloom then he goes 1642 right here we go let's go you know what i mean and um you also get the two uh troy's father turn up as well didn't he, he turns up with the umbrella and he goes is yeah. your mummy home and then brad just he has a great line here. he goes no actually there's my mum's out buying diapers for all these kids you know what i mean <laughs> It's great, <laughs> but it's got a real serious element to it as well because he says, "Give these papers to your dad." And Mikey mm. says, "What are the papers?" And Brand says, "None of our business. It's dad's business." Yeah. You know, it's they they know that they're gonna. They just unfortunately know that they're pretty much defeated, and yeah. this is why they think, "Well, this is our last chance." Really, you know, as a kid, you know, someone said, "If we find this treasure, we could save the the town," and this is what this is this is it really. Yeah, it's it's a silly premise, but. It's a kids' movie and it works so well. <laughs> and I remember watching it well after this scene because uh, Mikey. So it's, it's a nice brotherly sort of love, isn't it? Because Brad, he, he just drags him across <laughs> across the uh, veranda, doesn't he? Just this scene where he's not yeah, he's seat. pretty physical with him, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought as a kid, I thought, what is he doing with him? Do you know what I mean? I, you know what? My my brother's eight years younger than me, and, yeah. and not now because he's he's about five four inches taller than me now. My brother, maybe even right. five inches. He's six. I'm about five nine. My brother's six one now. My brother's right. pretty built as well because he's a tradesman. Whereas yeah. I'm just this chubby five foot nine guy. But um, when I was younger, I would I would push my brother around like that and stuff. And but there was always a brotherly hug, you know, between them. And the same with these guys. You know, there's that really touching scene where it's nice after they deliver those papers. Mm. You know, they know they're going to get evicted and etc. Mikey starts 
crying uh, and Bran just does that big brother thing a genuine hug yeah. that's all he does and it's just yeah. such a touching scene yeah it's nice you got like, like you say you've got the humour and you've got the emotion as well of what it means to them to leave this place doesn't it so um, you've got all those elements which again you know makes this film doesn't it and I think it makes it the classic that it is um, and then you've also got then it goes straight into a bit of humour, doesn't it? With old Malfoy goes, God, I'm depressed, doesn't it? He? he just got that. that oh yeah, of... chunks uh, just eating the old uh, <laughs> spray cream, isn't yeah, he? That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just quick fire as well because mm. it's two two seconds later, you know, you got Mouth sat in the sink and Bran turns the sink on and wets wets his ass. So and again, he's got wet again. See yep. what you mean, actually? It's another now thing. Now I'm noticing that pattern. Just keeps getting wet. Yeah. <laughs> It just keeps on happening with him. Um, I've not noticed that before. That's funny. And then you're thrown in with the Cindy Lauper song now, aren't you? And I think this is good. Do you know what I mean? Good enough for you. It's, it's great. Absolutely you know, brilliant, brilliant song. Um, and they're playing. And this is this is where they decide to tie up Brand now, isn't it? Because um, they want to go off and find the treasure. And Brand's yeah. like, "No way, man! You're staying here. Mikey's got asthma. Mum's told me to make sure you don't. You guys don't go out." So they're like, "Oh, Brand, could you do?" whatever exercise it is and he gets his sort of um chest pulley spring thing and they yeah. they wrap it around him tying a knot and they all run off and then they slash his tires yeah well they don't slash them they let them down and mikey's like he did 276 lawnmower jobs to get that oh is he's that gonna what, kick your ass you know what dan i never understood what he said because it's all so quick is that what he says is it 260 yeah he says he, he made 276 lawns to pay for that oh, he's gonna kick our ass oh, right. okay <laughs> i finally realized what he said so yeah okay um <laughs> and then like i say they get on their bikes and his old chunk he's got his always makes me laugh don't worry it's just little things he's got like a little flag on the back of his bike in the old chunk <laughs> i don't know what that, i don't know what that flag does but you know <laughs> he doesn't want to be there he's like come on you guys come on yeah. come on he just never wants to be there does yeah. he? he never wants to be there but you need a character like that oh yeah he's, he's great comic relief yeah you know and it's very stereotypical to have the fat kid as the comic relief but yeah. he's just he's brilliant in it really and we don't look off. at him as the fat kid we just look at him as the comic relief comic really. relief that's it he's absolutely brilliant. yeah he pulls it off brilliant so they go off, don't they? And like I say, you've got the Cindy Lauper song in the background, haven't you? Which, like I say, goes really well with this scene. And then they, this is where you get the first sort of step to try and find the treasure, haven't you? Where he's got like the, the bloom and all that, isn't he? Well, it's very much. exciting here, doesn't it? Mm. Because he realises that he can match up with the holes in the bloom. He can match up the three mm. rocks. And it ties into what was said on the map that, that Mouth translated from Spanish, which is, you know, it gives you instructions of where to step and how many steps you need to take. So they realise that this old abandoned restaurant over on the edge of the cliff is where they need to head. And it's so exciting, you know, yeah. like, wow, okay. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, like I say, it's, uh, they start doing what you would usually do in a treasure hunt as well, didn't they? They start counting steps, didn't they? Him and Data start love all that jumping shit. along. I absolutely good. love all that. Yeah. X marks are smart and all that mm -hmm. business, you know? And um, then obviously, like you say, they get to that old shack, don't they, with the... It's like an old restaurant, isn't it, on the coast? And yeah, it's an old closed-down restaurant. Um, but obviously, what they don't know, but they're soon to find out, is that it's currently the Fratelli family's mm -hmm. hideout. And uh, things aren't going to go well for them. Because, no. Yeah, that's where they are at the moment. I've got this whole scene going on at the same time, though, where... Um, Brand manages oh, to yeah, steal a little right. tiny yeah. pink bike. Yeah, that's it. I want my <laughs> bicycle. I want my bicycle. <laughs> I 
but he, he's cycling down the road and Troy turns up in his sports car with yeah. Steph and Andy and now he's a pervert because he's spying on Andy's boobs isn't he through yeah. the rearview mirror it's part of the reason she doesn't really like him um, and then he grabs it's quite dangerous he grabs Bran's arm and he just puts his foot down in the car and drags him along and he just ends up firing off the edge of the hill yeah. over between some trees I mean, he killed him. He could be dead, couldn't he? You know what I mean? He's sick, yeah. So, and then Troy just goes off. To Troy's him. an asshole. Oh, God, yeah. He is. He is an one asshole. of those. Um, he is a proper annoying asshole in life, which I can't stand. <laughs> I just put that in there. I can't crap. stand people like that. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a shithead. <laughs> he, he's, he's the father of that sleaze bag in Die Hard, isn't he? You know what I mean? Whatever his name is. <laughs> it's a Rolex. <laughs> God <laughs> Old Cokey McCokerson. <laughs> Problem is, Dan, the unfortunate thing is there really are arseholes like that out there, but I won't get into that anyway. Back to the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Goonies. They're good enough. Um, uh. So the kids are afraid of this old restaurant, and while they're talking outside, they hear what is clearly a gunshot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but one of them says, "Nah, somebody just dropped a pan. It's fine. Don't worry <laughs> yeah, about that's it." That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's. I know it's a bit. I must be a bit later on, isn't it? Where Steph comes out and goes, "Chunk, I hope that was your stomach." <laughs> 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 Well, they, they we, we see as an audience, we do see the Vitelli sort of carrying mm. a body out the back of their their RV. Yeah. Um, and Chunk, obviously, at the beginning, Chunk saw this RV with bullet holes in it getting shot up, and he spots the RV again, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, "Oh no, guys, 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 listen, listen, we shouldn't be here. There's something bad happening here." It's funny. They don't listen to him because he's full of shit. Bullet holes, bullet holes, bullet holes. <laughs> he's running around. <laughs> Michael Jackson uh, came round his house to use the bathroom, so they're not going to listen to him, are they? Let's be honest. Uh, that's it. He's the boy that cries <laughs> wolf in this movie, so he, no one he, believes in him. He's the boy that quoted Michael Jackson. And now I say that out loud, that sounds weird, and I'm going to skip over that sentence and yeah. move on to the community. <laughs> hey, mate, yeah, we'll get, um, keep on going. <laughs> So um, uh, they go inside the restaurant, and this is where we meet Mama Fratelli. Oh my god! And she's like, "You boys last." And they're like, "Oh no, ma'am, no, ma'am." And but it turns out she's going to pretend that this is just a restaurant that's just a bit run down. Yeah. Jake comes out and she says, "Um, you boys hungry? You want some tongue?" And she sort of grabs that one of their tongues, doesn't she? And Ch- uh, she uh, says, oh. "Mouth's tongue, isn't it?" That's right. Yeah. She says, and she gets him some water. It's like brown water. Oh, yeah, and he's like, it. Is this water? And she's like, what's wrong with it? It's wet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And then you've got that bit where Mikey's like, can I use the bathroom? And this bit, I used to do this to my sister all the time. You know, if I knew she needed a bit of a, a wee-wee, I'd always like get two cups and do what Mouth does. And he's like, hey, Mikey, hey, Mikey, you want to oh, go yes. to the bathroom, Mikey? Hey, Mikey. <laughs> He's just a cool character, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's just sploshing it round. Um, so he's got a joke, hasn't he? Brilliant. He's yeah, he has. He's always got it. He's, he's got all the lines, hasn't he, in this movie? But Mikey's got it in his head that the treasure is potentially in, you know, underneath this restaurant. So, um, and in a way, he's right. You know, in a way, he is right. So he says he goes off to the bathroom and he, he gets a bit lost. 
Now, my notes here say, Mikey goes to the bathroom to find One-Eyed Willie. That oh, sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wrong. But you know what I mean. So, yeah, he goes off looking for One-Eyed Willie. And, and this is where he gets a little bit lost. And he hears some strange sounds coming from another room. And this is where he sees this... Well, we don't really know what it is, but it's some kind of creature chained up in front of the television. Yeah. And uh, Jake Fratelli is sort of feeding him. Um, and then he says, oh, I'm not going to bother feeding you. I'm going to... He puts the tray down. It's all mental. And Mikey... Mikey sort of pushes the food over, doesn't eat to sloth, and sloth's like... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> What a character! What a ca- can we talk about Sloth? For a second, what a fucking character! Jesus yeah, Christ! It's, yeah, like I said earlier, it's just an unusual character. I don't think I've seen a character like this in any other movie. Do you know what I mean? I just can't. You know, every time it's, I watch it, Sloth is Sloth, isn't he? It's just he, it's like the Hunchback of Notre Dame meets uh, the Toxic Crusader, the Toxic Avenger. With I don't know, it's just very so you've, unique. You know me. I, I can usually pull something out of the bag when I'm reviewing a movie and say this this is because of this movie or that movie or something from the past or this is homage in that um, yeah Hunchback and Notre Dame but even though I, I can't do you know what I mean I don't know what I don't know where this is coming from do you know what I mean <laughs> I'd love to have been in that that script meeting or that you know that where they pitch the movie and they go okay great so this is the kids so they get to this point now this is the point where we bring in the monster yeah. and everyone says the what the monster yeah they're going to have a big monster with a wiggly ear that's going to help them um, on their the rest of the adventure he's going to mm. be superhuman strength uh, okay what's this monster called um, sloth yeah it's okay. It, it, it's almost like <laughs> it, it's a pirate movie, but I can't really see where this would come from in a pirate movie because in all treasure hunting movies, you kind of had bad guys, which I'll get, and you get the good guys. But you don't usually have a sort of monster or anything like that. And the only thing I can think of is it's possibly a Hammer Horror reference, possibly. You know, where you've got like a sort of Frankenstein sort of character who becomes a good guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I really lost. I remember. Um, yeah. I remember being terrified of, of this scene and the first couple of scenes mm. with Sloth because until you realised he was actually a gentle giant. Yeah, you know, he, he, it's terrifying, really. I mean, obviously, when we get to see his face later, but also it's just his size and the way he sounds and the fact that he's chained to a chair. You think, what well, Jesus? What is this thing? You know, yeah, I don't yeah. know what this is. I mean, it could. It and could. it's it's actually really dark to think that this is just their brother mm. that they keep chained up really and it's really t- dark it, it isn't is it it's pretty screwed up isn't it when you think about it that's right and they're tormenting him um, and the other thing like you say you said that uh, so Sloth has got the Superman t-shirt on but if you notice that Jake has got a Indiana Jones fedora so I'm just wondering whether there's a little ah, between the two yeah so he's not that he deserves to wear that fedora because he's the bad guy but it, that is definitely a uh, Indiana, little Indiana Jones reference. I mean, Jake, Robert Davy in this is mm. terrifying. Never can a man sing opera and terrify me so much. The way Ooh, he sings yeah, that yeah. song, he's like, and the kids are just like, oh my God. Like, especially that moment coming up where Chunk just now, stops the car. Him as an actor, I could have seen play 
Um, no, not many people could do it, but I could see him play Buffalo Bill in uh, Silence of the Lambs. He's just got that yeah. psychopathic yeah. thing about him, just that natural sort of menace about him. Do you know what I mean? As a sort of killer or something like that. But yeah, no, he's uh, great. Yeah. And there's a great chemistry between him and um, Joe Pantaleono as well, mm. who the brothers, you know, there's that scene where they throw pizza at each other and pull guns <laughs> on each other. They're <laughs> always competing from Mama Fratelli. Yeah. He's so you're going to shoot me over the pepperoni? Is that what you're going <laughs> to yeah. do? You're going to shoot me about pepperoni? Come on. Yeah, like and say, then uh, she says, <laughs> she slaps him. She yeah. slaps Robert Davi and says, come on, you two, pack it. And he's like, you always take your side over me, mama. It's because you like him more than she goes, yeah, of course I do. And she slaps him again. You're like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very dysfunctional family. I mean, apart from the fact uh, they're all gang, you know, bank robbers, they're a very dysfunctional family. They're dysfunctional. <laughs> they're the bad guys. And like I say, but there's a bit of comic relief be- between them. It's almost like... Um, Something out of the Disney movie or something like that when you've got bad guys in the Disney movie, do you know what I mean? You've got two bickering brothers. Um, yeah, it's like that. It reminds yeah. me of something like that. You're right, actually. Um, it's almost it's almost like 101 Dalmatians where you've got um, Corelle de Ville and I'm sure she's got like two henchmen that are sort of She's got, yeah, you're around. very right. It's a couple of bungling guys. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, that's well kind done. of what I, I was... Thought that picking up on in this film and what they kind of like referencing do you know what I mean so you've got the you know the, the lead female character with two bungling idiots sort of thing sort of but yeah so there you go little 101 Dalmatian reference to this movie Dan there you go there we go look, there <laughs> we go <laughs> um, so the kids decide to leave the restaurant in a hurry um, Mikey's obviously seen this monster in the basement and these guys aren't very nice these Fratelli so they do leave <clears throat> and yeah. Um, outside they bump into Steph and Andy and they're sort of what are you doing here and oh we got away from Troy Troy was a dick Brand also turns up because he's trailed them all the way to this restaurant and they're in trouble he sort of grabs them and says you're all coming back with me now yeah Um, yeah so they uh, but then they see that the Fratellis bring some kind of a body back out of I don't know they're moving a body in and out and there's lots of dodgy stuff going on um so they decide to go back in and they I don't really know why these kids have done it but they go back into the basement oh I know why because Steph stands on that rake with like a scarecrow's head on it or something yeah that's right they yeah, all that's it. they go into the basement and um, I love this bit where Brand and Steph uh, Brand and Andy fall down and almost kiss yeah. and as they're about to kiss it's really romantic you just hear the kids go shame shame know your name that's it that's <laughs> kind of what you do as kids isn't it you know and stuff like that and then you get old data isn't it he, he presses the machine doesn't he and it's like hundred dollar bills coming oh. out oh Hundred dollar bill, fifty dollar bill, fifty dollar bills, fifty dollar bills. Guys, we've got fifty dollar bills, hundreds of fifty dollar bills, and they're so excited they can save, you know, the town. And then Brand comes over and says, "Nope, this is all counterfeit. It's all fake, isn't it? Yeah, that's it." And then um, obviously, and Chuck, then they find the the wanted poster. That's it. They find out it's with Fratellis, don't they? And then um, obviously, Chunk has a sort of calamity again, doesn't he? he sort of pushes over the, is it the water? Um, yeah, Vols I got it. I got it. I got don't it. Got, got, it. got it. That's it. Boom. Oh, what you done now, Chunk? <laughs> is it? Uh, is this where 
uh, mouth comes out and he goes, sounds like my grandfather taking a leak, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because Mikey says, listen guys, can you hear that? And he says, yeah, it sounds like my grandfather taking a leak, so what? <laughs> um, but he realises that the water is draining down a particular area of the basement. Yeah. So that's where the, the hole to the tunnels start. Um, meanwhile, they, they find um, a freezer and Chunk's very excited because there's so much ice cream in this freezer it's very exciting for him guys they got rocky road they got caramel they got and then of course what he doesn't see is that there's a body yeah. propped up in the corner of the freezer and again this is a kid's movie it's quite full-on for a kid's mm. movie yeah that's it uh he sort of screams it's a stiff <laughs> um <laughs> so they they he kind of gets locked in the freezer because the Fratellis come home and they say, someone's been here. They can hear them upstairs. We didn't leave the lights on. Check the basement. So they all run off and get in the tunnel apart from Chunk who's hidden in the freezer. And uh, Chunk, they say to Chunk, go off and get the police. Uh, we'll wait here, you know. we It's very, very dangerous. Get Off you go, off you go, off you go. And um, this is where Chunk gets caught by the, the Fratellis and you've got this thing where they're like, spill your guts, kid. And he just takes it the wrong way and thinks they want to hear every bad thing he's ever done since he was a child. Yeah, that's it. So he just goes off on this massive, you know, um, he says, uh, in third grade, I pushed my sister down the stairs and I blamed it on the dog. And in fifth grade, I did this. And in sixth grade, I did that. And and then when they cut back to him later on, the Fratelli brothers are really interested. They're almost crying, like they're really into his stories. And then he says, and then the worst thing I ever did was I mixed up a batch of fake puke and I went to the theatre and I poured it over the top and I made a s- loads of sounds that sounded like this. <laughs> and then everybody started getting sick on each other and then everybody else getting sick on yeah. each other. And it was the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> it's just like, where did this story come from? Why is he telling these amazing stories? It's so funny. And that's where, Again, his, that's where his role fits, fits in, doesn't it? You know, where his storytelling is almost like trying to save him now, isn't it, with the Fratellis? And it's kind of throwing him a bit of a red herring in a way, isn't it? You know, so it's, yeah, it's just great. It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Well, the kids make start making their way through the tunnels now. So they're on the adventure now, you know. We've, we've been with them, this movie a long time, but the adventure's only really just started. And they go down these tunnels... Um, they're very dark tunnels and they're very Indiana Jones, aren't they? Oh, okay, yeah, this, gotta, is, this is yeah. definitely Indiana Jones right now, isn't it? This is where it cuts into that. Yeah. And as I said earlier, it's where uh, Data comes out, doesn't he, with his torch and he starts telling this story. <laughs> Bully blinders! <laughs> the only problem is the batteries died down quick, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> But then they end up finding some lanterns, don't they, obviously from the old pirates, I guess, back in the day and they get those light working, don't they? And... Um, like I say, you get some booby traps now, don't you? And they come across Chester Copperpot's body, don't they? And they find a key. And uh, like you said, that's right. They find the skeleton key. Um, we even get some bats thrown in, you bats, know, just for a little bit of an extra scare. Bit, bit of uh, a rabies mention again, isn't it? Another thing that we were fearful in the eighties. Um, rabies and quicksand. Watch out from both. And boulders coming down. <laughs> and old data saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant some booby traps." He goes, what do you mean? They said, booby traps. That's what I mean. <laughs> booty traps. You mean booby traps. That's what I said. Booty traps. Yeah. It's so funny. 
Um, they also have that scene with the pipes where they find all these pipes and they realize they're underneath the town of Astoria and they bang on the pipes to try mm. and get people's attention. But um, that's right. It you doesn't get, really do anything, does it? You get Troy now, don't you? You sat on the toilet reading Guns and Ammo, don't you? And he just sort of. He <laughs> <laughs> gets like a water pressure or something, just chucks him through the roof, doesn't it? <laughs> and it just comes and it goes, <laughs> Daddy! Like this, isn't it? Or something. <laughs> He does. He literally says, Daddy! Oh, man. Uh, so while the kids are sort of stuck underground figuring out their way through these tunnels, we cut back to Chunk, who mm. is pissed off the Fratellis. You know, they, they, they almost put his hand in the blender. Mm. And they decided they're going to lock him in the basement. Lock him up with Junior. And Junior, obviously, is sloth. Yeah. And this is where... Um, quite a terrifying scene in some ways, where, you know, he's trying to win over this giant mutated looking creature yeah. but eventually they become very good friends he gives him his mm. you like baby Ruth <laughs> baby <laughs> Ruth <laughs> and then he says oh. to him uh, I'm Chunk and he says Chunk I'm Sloth and That's they sort it. of make friends yeah. and he picks him up he's so strong isn't he mm. jeez mister you're even hungrier than I am <laughs> I was going to say, I forgot to mention, Sloth, the guy who plays him, was actually a NFL player, wasn't he? He uh, played for the yeah, Los Angeles John, Rangers. John Matuzak. That's it. So, That's uh, Unfortunately, he died only a couple of years after this movie. That's um, right. Apparently sadly. of a overdose or something, was it? Um, mm. Painkillers or something like that. I think it was steroids. steroids. Oh, was it? I thought it was steroids or something. Something oh. like that. Yeah, that's it. I remember. But, you um, needed a big guy to play the play yeah, him, didn't he? Because he's yeah. got a huge chest and huge arms. You can tell he was an American football mm. player. He's massive. And that makeup, that I mean, let's talk about the effects for Sloth for a second. You know, that was a radio-controlled mask he was wearing, very high tech for 1985. Oh yeah. The ears were working independently. You know, he had he could only see out of one eye because the other eye was closed over with makeup, and then he had the fake eye on his cheek, and then that was blinking independently with another remote control. So. Again, it just seemed like seems like a very real character as oh, a child. Yeah. I oh, remember yeah. really believing in this character. You almost forget, or it's hard to think that there's actually someone underneath that makeup. Do you know what I mean? It's that good, isn't it? So, uh, very clever. There's a line I never quite caught until uh, as an adult when, and, I, and it, we didn't call it phys ed in the in the UK and in, in Britain. We called we called it PE, but phys ed obviously. Is PE physical education at school and at the end when Sloth gives him a big kiss and they become friends he says you smell like fizz ed oh <laughs> okay. I never quite got I never that. got that actually no <laughs> oh, okay. but now I, I understand now. what he's basically okay. saying is <laughs> Sloth needs some deodorant I think is what Sloth, what Chunk is saying there <laughs> I never realised that so that's obviously what uh, obviously uh, Axel Foley's got on his t-shirt as well isn't it Rumford Mumford fizz ed isn't it so uh physical education um chunk chunk manages to call the cops um and this is your gremlins reference that you mentioned where the, the guy the sheriff is like yeah 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 this is just like that time you you told us about the creatures that multiply yeah. brilliant re- little reference there, absolutely brilliant um so the cops aren't coming to help them anytime soon well maybe they're coming at the end yeah. Maybe they're coming too late, RJ, like they always do. Yeah, like they did it into the dragon. Well, this is it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh my! Was it? Was it, Mister Braithwaite? Oh my God! It's uh, <laughs> it's Lee. I don't damn well care who he's with. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was it. I was just trying to remember right what he said. Now. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care who he's in bed with, isn't it? Like that's it. 
<laughs> yeah, the ca- the cavalry <laughs> always turns up at the end, doesn't it? In these movies, I find there's a general rule of thumb. <laughs> we, always, we get a little break now, a little um, break, place to catch our breath. So the kids all decide to go off and have a pee break oh, um, in little yeah, caves. Right. This that little scene where um, Andy wants really wants to kiss Brand, and she she thinks she's kissing Brand because it's dark. She ends up kissing his little brother Mikey. Yeah. And he's sort of almost a little bit, almost faints a little bit, doesn't he? Because yeah, he's, he's only about ten. That's so uh, he gets, his first proper kiss. He's a, he's on a bit of cloud nine there, isn't he? After that, isn't he? He's all a bit dazed and yeah, he's feeling pretty good about that. I think. <laughs> tell you something. Do you want to know a little? It's not a secret, but I'll tell you something about that kiss and this movie. Because oh. of this movie, I, I got my first kiss probably around about the age of about nine or ten. Well, whilst you was in um, a cave it, looking for treasure, Dan, somewhere was it? <laughs> <laughs> just saying you know <laughs> well we were talking about because like i said i was obsessed with the movie and i was talking to one of the girls whose name i won't mention right. but i was talking to one of the girls in my class who was probably about my age nine or ten and uh and i said oh and there's that bit which they kiss you know and i didn't really know i'd seen it in movies but i didn't i'd never done a kiss i didn't know what it was mm-hmm. and they talk about you know, slip of the tongue and things like mm. that so this girl said to me uh do you want to do you want to meet me after school now, my mum picked me up from school, so it's very difficult to meet somebody after school because mum, all the mums were outside waiting for everybody. Right. But I said, all right, if we run right, we run around the back of the school real quick, we can have a kiss. So I channeled what I'd seen in the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> my first kiss. Oh, and uh, I probably did about as good a job as Mikey did in this scene, if I'm honest with you. Uh-huh. I think I even had braces. I just like Mikey. I'm, I know I had braces at some point. Maybe I had braces. <laughs> this poor girl. Uh, probably gonna, put, her off, put her off kissing for life. I'm Jesus. just going to say, Dan, was, was she in there going, Dan, I'm in here with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> You'll see what she's ragging about, will you? I think when as a ten-year-old, Dan, did you have a beard when you was a ten-year-old? Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, <laughs> one beard. it was a goatee. It was a very small goatee when I came out of the room, um, and as I got older, it progressed. You know, so, yeah, always a bit. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, thanks for sharing that, Dan. There you go, mate. There we go. We've, folks, we know a little bit more about Dan Bone now, and his first kiss. Don't judge me for that, guys. <laughs> Mine was in a um, mine was in a music studio at school. Oh yeah, really? Bit of a sloppy old kiss there, Dan. It was. Yeah, I felt a bit yeah, sort of. I, mean, I was like, "What was that all we about?" We weren't. Probably none of us were good kissers when we were <laughs> no, nine or ten, were we? Let's no, be that's honest. right. Yeah. I was thinking. I was sort of, <laughs> and who? <laughs> oh, God. Jumped on my BMX bike after school, wondering about what the hell was that all about. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I won wonder if i even am still a good kisser I, I, I guess you'll have to ask my wife but uh oh. who knows who oh well there yeah, we I go had some man kisses. Um, my, my my second kiss was with a girl that was two years older than me she was about 11 and i was nine and she dragged me into what we had in our school was called the computer cupboard right which was really this really old school bbc computer in there <laughs> and you played granny's grandma's garden i think it was called oh my god um, that just jogged the memory jeez <laughs> bloody hell, it was like yeah. an educational maths computer game oh, yeah but it was rubbish but she dragged me in there and said right i heard you kissed beep and i want a kiss as well and i was like oh god what is this and she said come on give me a kiss as well 
and I, I sort of gave her a kiss and it, it was just as bad. And then she came to come out and said, I've kissed Daniel Bone in the computer cupboard, everyone. <laughs> and I just thought, God, I hope, I hope they don't tell my mum, because my mum's probably going to tell me off if she finds out about this. God, I don't know why my mum would, but... <laughs> <laughs> you, you hit the shelf and there'd be like rolls of that computer paper falling down on top of you or something like that. <laughs> Do you remember all that paper you used to get? <laughs> there were some weird computer noises in the eyes, weren't there? <laughs> Dang kissing in the covers. <laughs> no, I mean, something to print out. <laughs> some, some, some eighties uh, uh, computer whiz teacher coming in. What the hell's going on in here? <laughs> and his tweedy jacket, no doubt. You know. <laughs> It was like that computer out of um, what's that Matthew Broderick movie where they save the world? Um, oh, um, uh, uh, war games. Oh, what's it called? War games. Well, it's like it was a computer like that, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could only it. do about three things, but to us, it was like this other alien planet from yeah, another planet or something. Was, I don't that know. Was, that was high tech, <laughs> right there, man. That was, wasn't it? Eh? No, you didn't have a mouse, then, did you? It was no, just a keyboard. No, that was it. Yeah. Uh, we're showing our age now, aren't we? Oh, <laughs> People man. listening are like, oh, man. these two old fogies. <laughs> this, this is our building block, Dan. Anybody listening, man, this is what we've been created by, man. Do you know what I mean? Sort of <laughs> old tech. You said in computer cupboards. Yeah. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the noise I made, I think, when I gave yeah. it a kiss. I'm going to kiss you, Dan. <laughs> 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 Control, you know. delete. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, what well, a tangent. Bring, Jeez. Shall I bring us back to the Goonies? Because well, that was a hell of a kiss in tangent, uh, wasn't it? Let's go back to that cave in uh, the Goonies. <laughs> wow. Blimey. So, yeah, the kids the kids realise that the, <laughs> the, the Fratellis are on that trail. So they, they, um, they head out and they start crossing over this log across a waterfall. Oh, yeah. And this is where um, Data gets to use his slick shoes. And actually, this is the first invention of his that properly works, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. He spills oil all over the, um, the log. And these guys slip on it and land right on their private parts. Yeah. This is, it's comic relief right there, isn't it, with this part? And then, is it Jake goes over, doesn't he? And then he falls onto it, doesn't he? <laughs> And Mama Fratelli's like, are you okay? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that big waterfall, isn't it, that just goes over them, doesn't it? It almost like washes them away. That's right. It's, it's like weird tidal wave washes them away. Mm. Um, and the kid's upstairs and they find a, like, up the cliff, and they find an organ made out of like skeleton parts. Yeah. Um, and they realise that the map says, you know, you've got to play these certain notes mm-hmm. to open it's like a video game isn't it you yeah. do this to get to the next level point and click li- uh, video game of some sorts but um, that organ is really good as well isn't it it's really gnarly isn't it it's real sort of uh, you can almost see that in a horror movie or something can you like the you know the old organ made and, out of and that's a prop again you know it's a built prop you know mm. for this it's no CGI again this is the magic of this movie like we said with the pirate ship everything in this was built specifically to be used you know this I'm not saying it made the noises, probably, but you know, they, every time they press down on those keys, a little bit of 
Air came out a bit of steam. Jeez, yeah. And Andy's the only one that had any piano experience. So they say to her, like, you've got to play these keys. If you play the wrong keys, um, we'll be dead. And there's a funny line where she says, I think that one's B flat. And, the, and Mikey says, well, if you're wrong, we'll all be flat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that's such a great dad bit of humour. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does play some wrong notes, doesn't she, RJ? Because every time she plays a wrong note, the floor falls a bit down. of the floor falls away. And then you've got... Um, it's so Indiana Jones. So oh, Indiana yeah. Jones. And you've got old Data running back and forth, haven't you? They're coming. The Fratellis are coming. Then obviously he just runs back to him and then he falls into the crowd, didn't he? And then they just hit the keys. And... He says, guys, they're coming. And they look really pissed off. <laughs> oh, dear. So they and this get... is where they go down the water slides. That's it. And this is a great scene, isn't it? And it's a great bit of music in the background as well, isn't it? It really goes well with this scene. And then obviously they come out from the water slide, don't they? And then boom, the pirate ship, Dan. Yep, the, the Inferno. The Inferno pirate ship. And so, uh, there's a very famous, and I'm, you're probably about to tell the story, so I'll let you tell the story about this on set. I was I'll let you go only that. going to say, did you? You probably already know this, but um, obviously Richard Donner wouldn't let them see this set. So obviously that's what I was going to say. Yeah, their reaction—it's very clever, I guess, because you probably—that is the best reaction you're going to get, isn't it? Of them seeing it and the look on their faces of them seeing this ship for the first time—it's great, isn't it? They're just like, wow. There's something magic about capturing an, an actor's real um, mm. emotions because we all know that obviously an alien. None of them had seen the effect with the alien, the chest no. booster, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's with John Hurt. So that first shot of their reaction mm. to it bursting out of the fake body was real. Yeah. And it's similar to this. You know, the kids see the pirate ship for the first time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, Corey Feldman has since revealed, cheeky little boy that he is, that him and one or two of the other kids, I think Sean Astin maybe, snuck onto the set one night. And they saw the pirate ship. Oh. Um, so one or two of them had actually seen it. So their reaction, they had to pretend they were worried they'd get told off by Richard Donner. So they were more, they were trying to pretend <laughs> it was the first time they'd seen it. <laughs> so they were almost overacting, I suppose, in a way. But, oh man, trust Corey. But I do think the majority of them hadn't seen it, so... <laughs> That's a, that sounds like a Corey Feldman thing to do, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? I bet he's like that all the time, Joey. <laughs> well, we've talked about him on the set of Lost Boys with his uh, addiction problems. So, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I'm sure he wasn't it, doing yeah. that in this. No. So. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's like I say, I think it's great uh, filmmaking where they were able to make a real ship, obviously, wasn't it? And it's just a brilliant set. Um, and I think, like I said before, it, it's the film. Obviously, we're coming into the final act now, and it's important to get that final act right, isn't it, with this movie? And I think that's why it works, because you've got like the real ship, and you've got the great setup now of your one-eyed willy round round the table with his crew. And as I said to you earlier, Dan, I love all this stuff. I love all this pirate stuff, and I really feel like they've captured the. Almost feels like you've gone back to that time period of pirates. Do you know what I mean, even though they're not alive. It just it, it's magic feel, it? it really is it's, mm. they, you know just building these things for real it creates yeah. that magic mm. that sense of it's real it's realism isn't it really you yeah. know you know these kids are in this ship you know they're doing this for real and and of course all the way up to this you know they what for the end of this movie like you said they're coming up to the final stage final act now we need 
something grand mm. to, to finish this film oh, yeah. off. You know, we've seen so many booby traps and, you know, things happening, people getting out of danger, but we need something, a grand spectacle. And we get it with this pirate ship. It is just a kid's dream mm. to see this pirate ship. Absolutely phenomenal. Full of treasure as well. Absolutely full of treasure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, knowing a, a thing or two about sh treasure, just a little handful of that treasure would actually be enough. So there's actually enough there for everybody to share. This is the thing that always gets me with these films. You always get the bad guys saying, I want it all. But you could actually just split it sort of four ways and go, yeah, I'll be all right. But obviously, we've got a story to tell here. We need all that action and suspense. So it kind of works well. Mikey finds One-Eyed Willie skeleton, like you said. And yeah. he has this really heartfelt and it really mm. um i don't know why it made me feel a bit emotional watching it this time around as an adult because uh, he sort of says he gets yeah. quite teary and he says mm. you know you're the first goonie you know and i and i beat you i got got here and then he looks around all of his mates are looking at him <laughs> he says how long have you guys been here and brand just says long enough mikey long enough and that's so quite, they don't take the piss out of him nah, that's a great line from brad as well isn't it i think just saying that that's all he needs to say isn't it just long enough mikey and uh, as you said earlier, it's just the brotherly love, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He just comes out and says the right things to his brother. Because he knows how much that means. Great relationships so. between the characters. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I like the bit where they're taking all the gold, aren't they, now? And the treasures and the diamonds. And he just says, no, don't take this. That's for Willie. And I must admit, Dan... Yeah, leave um, that bit for Willie. I've used a few lines from the Goonies. I, I, I couldn't tell you where I've used it. I've used that line. I've just said, no, leave that bit. I think it's where, oh no, that's right, when when I've had some dinner and someone said, oh Joe, you're not eating all your dinner, I've gone, no, I'm just going to leave that bit for Willie. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I guess you'll be no, using that now, Dan. <laughs> Go ahead and use it, man. Next time you have dinner, in, you in, in, in the UK, Willie is obviously slang for... A penis. So they might yeah. think you're saying something quite odd there when you're having your dinner. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hmm. What's your buddy got a mouth? <laughs> God, been hanging hanging about with uh, Gav Chucky still for too long. <laughs> You've seen his buddy as well, then, have you? Well, he keeps mentioning it all the time. <laughs> Maybe it talks to him, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you know him better than I do, mate. Show up. <laughs> I do, but not that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not that I'm saying on podcast, anyway. <laughs> the Vitellis show up, and we do get a little tussle now where they basically want to take all the jewels. And yeah. um, they, there's that hilarious theme where a mouth's got a mouthful of pearls and jewels. Yeah. And it's like, uh, how much have you got in there, you know? It's hilarious, really. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> just keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Um, makes them walk the plank, and just when you think, you know, they've had it, they're done for, they've got to walk the plank. We hear the infamous "Hey, you guys!" Yeah. and Captain Chunk and Super Sloth, as they call themselves, turn up, slide down the sail with a knife. 
and this is where Chunk just changes into a hero, doesn't yeah, he? He's it the does, dude yeah. now. He's brought yeah. this superhero with him to save the day. It's amazing. Yeah, you've got the old pirate music now. It's like from an Errol Flynn movie or something, isn't it? You know, so he sort of turns. Which Sloth was watching, wasn't he, on the TV yeah, earlier? He, he was watching he, the exact he, movie. He mimics it, doesn't he? He slides down the sail yeah. with a knife, so. It's a yeah, it's brilliant. I love that bit. Kids will dive into the water. Sloth sort of tussles with his brothers. Um, They try and trick him into playing jump rope, but he ties them up, knocks them over. Mm And then we get we talked about how dark it is, how they treat their brother. Well, this particular bit, I mentioned this to Gavin. I was chatting to Gav a couple of hours we recorded yeah. and I said um, you know I was recording this tonight and I said Jesus watching that bit where um, she says uh, rockabye baby on the mm. treetop when the wind blows the cradle will, will drop and he suddenly holds his face and she says oh, I didn't mean to drop you I only dropped you once or twice Yeah, and you realise that isn't he's probably got that facial deformities because she dropped him yeah, as a child it's... and it's Dark. It's very, very dark, isn't it, for a kids' movie, isn't it? Where they talk, yeah, they go into that. But yeah, that's what we said about earlier, isn't it? With this, so um, so he picks her up and he, he throws her in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mom, you've been bad, isn't it? He says like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you've been bad. And then you find out that uh, the, one of the Bratelli brothers has got a toupee on, hasn't he? Or something like that comes off. Oh, it's so. so funny. So funny. Um, so then. Um, yeah, We've the kids. Uh, well, no, carry on. Go, go, go. Oh go. no, 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 no! I was going to say, they is this where they now try and get out, don't they? Because Data's got some dynamite or something, isn't he? he tries to blow up the uh, sort of, tries to make an entrance to try and get out now, doesn't he? But unfortunately, um, it creates a situation for Sloth that really reminds me of Kroll with the Cyclops. Yeah, where he has to hold up the bomb. That's a good. That's a good example, actually. Yeah, that's quite a good. Yeah, I get that. Um, so the Fratellis, you know, they set off a bunch of booby traps, which means the ship's anchor is lifted up and it starts sailing out of the cave as the cave collapses. It's a spectacular ending to the movie. You know, got this collapsing cave, children trying to get out, a pirate ship sailing on its own because of some booby traps. And um, Sloth's basically going to sacrifice himself for his family, really. He's, yeah. At the end of the day, they are his brothers and his mum. So he says, you guys go. And you get that bit where... Chunk's like, come on, you're, you're going to die if you don't come with us. Sloth says, Sloth, love Chunk. Oh. Chunk says, yeah. Chunk, love Sloth. Oh, God, it breaks my heart. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a teary moment there, isn't it? I must admit, like you said earlier. Um, and that's the thing. That's where you've got the emotion in this film as well, isn't it? Where it's kind of, like say, good storytelling, isn't it? With the humour and adventure and everything. So. Well, you just bought, you've bought into this whole mm-hmm. adventure, haven't you, really? Yeah. You know? Especially if you grew up with it like we have, and yeah. a lot of your listeners will have, you know, yeah. this is ingrained in your DNA, and, and you're with these guys every step of the way, really. You kind of feel like Bastion in uh, Never Ending Story when he's reading that book, you know, you're with them every oh, yeah. step of the way. Oh, yeah, another great movie. That's it. Yeah, it's a good example. Oh, my God. We, yeah, we really were treated to some good movies back then, weren't we? Again, we, Jesus, really movies lucky, that really were, they were fantasy and adventure, but they also had. Like, as I said earlier, they put the emotions in these films, which you can relate to as well, even as a kid watching that, or even as an adult as well, you know, watching these films, you kind of... Well, I mean, you can't get a more emotional moment in a fantasy movie than when Atreyu... Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Mm. And what's he trapped in? Quicksand. Oh, yeah, that's and, it. Uh, yeah, good old quicksand in the 80s. You know, and, and that that movie is completely bonkers and out there fantasy. But you get this one moment in the middle of it just to remind kids that there is such a thing as dying. You know, it's like, wow, why did they put this in the middle of this movie? This yeah. is so dark. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all cried as a child with that one i think dan i even cry now mate as a grown man i cry man <laughs> artex, <laughs> <afraid> artex <laughs> don't let the sadness get to you <laughs> oh that poor horse yeah, oh, becky, becky's always saying to me well, if we're watching a film i'm always putting my arms up she goes you're all right yeah, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. You're not crying? No, 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 of course I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I just got some onions earlier. <laughs> Give me the tissues. Oh, God <laughs> almighty. Why am I crying so much? <laughs> God. I'm with you on that one, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God almighty. Oh, dear. Well, we, get, we get the final little scene now where the kids kind of escape. They're on the beach. Yeah. And who turns up? Lo and behold, a bit too late, the police mm-hmm. and all of the parents and they kind of try and tell the parents what's happened you know mikey throws away his inhaler because ah, he needs it he's realized he doesn't actually need it he's actually quite a strong kid um i love the fact that jeff cohen chunk's real mum and sister turn up here oh, you can well, tell okay. it they're actually his mum and sister because they look exactly like him uh, that's okay. brilliant and did you know that the police officer on the quad bike is actually richard donner the film director yeah, yeah, that's that a little cameo, isn't it? A little cameo there, didn't you? So those goony kids again. And I recognised, um, I recognised Data's dad. I'm not sure what I've seen him, in, but I recognised him in something. See, and there's I'm a really sweet moment with him as well. Sure, that he is the um, Harrison Ford's uh, buddy at the beginning of the Temple of Doom. I was just thinking, is that him? Okay. The guy gets killed. He goes, oh, I go first now, Indy. I don't know. I just look like him. I'm not sure. It's such a sweet moment where he tries to take a picture of data and his wife and he's got a little camera that springs out but it doesn't go it doesn't work and it oh goes yeah, and data, yeah data says to him in chinese he says to him that's okay dad you know a, a picture can't replace a hug oh yeah and then his dad says back to him in chinese you're always my greatest invention oh, no. and i was that broke for some reason watching this the other night i got so teary with that moment i was like Wow, yeah. that's good writing. Yeah, that you, is good writing. You do, though, because you can relate to it, I think. That's the reason why, do you know what I mean? And I think that's, like I say, it's good filmmaking. Um, I actually don't think there's any wrong with emotions because it just means that you're sold with the movie. It's just drawing you right in. Do you know what I mean? It makes you... Yeah. And, and you're emotional because, you know, you know you're at the end, you're at the climax mm. of this movie and yeah. everything's going to hopefully turn out okay. Mm um people patch things up you know mikey i'm um, not mikey uh mouth and steph they almost kiss but they don't <laughs> yeah that's they it do. yeah what does he no, say to do. her he goes your face doesn't look too <laughs> oh says something about her face didn't he or something like that she says so bad when your mouth is screwed up and he says your face isn't so bad when oh, i don't know what he says now but yeah they, they, they yeah they say something but it just works doesn't it so and then Andy grabs Mike. She says, "Oh, hey, Mikey. Um, uh, just to let you know that I know it was you that I kissed earlier. But uh, if you carry on kissing girls the way you kissed me, the parts of you that don't work so good are going to catch up to the rest of the ones that do." Ah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn, bone in that computer cupboard again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish God, I'd dear. never told you that, but well, I'm glad I did. Now I know, mate. That's it. There you go. That's it. Can't get that image out of me now. 
And just when, just when we think, you know, it's all nice and happy, the Fratellis show up with Sloth, yeah. and the cops, they all pull their guns on Sloth, mm-hmm. and the kids run in front of him and say, no, 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 he's our friend, he's our friend, he's our friend. And they say, hang on a minute, you're the Fratellis, you're coming with us. They arrest the Fratellis. And out of the blue, I mean, I don't even know if, if Chunks asked his mum about this yet, but he says to Sloth, don't worry, you're going to come and live with me now forever. Yeah. I'm not sure how his mum's going to feel about that, but... Uh, could you imagine that? I mean, That's could you right. just imagine that scene? They just cut that scene. Hey, mum, uh, this guy's going to live with us. What? <laughs> See that big old mutant over there? Yeah, yeah. he's going to come live with us now. Oh dear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and then Troy's dad, your favourite. Troy and his dad show oh, up, and they God. say, "It's D Day. You got to sign over everything now. It's time to sign it." So they start signing the paperwork that they need to sign and suddenly because this is a a magical happy ending rosalita finds in mikey's marble bag a bunch of jewels only four or five jewels but it's enough jewels it's probably worth millions that they can save the houses and they don't need to sell their property and uh and then just as that happens the inferno sails off on its own into the sunset that's it and then you've got the... Uh, what a way to end it. You've got the uh, Cindy Lauper song now, haven't you, where it sort of comes in, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, sort of good enough. And yeah, there you go. That's the end of the movie, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's just a great way to end it, isn't it? With the um, ships sailing off into the sunset, isn't it? So, and it's saved. And to think this movie started with a, you know, a prison break, car chase, and all of that business. And we end with... You never thought you'd have ended up with a pirate ship sailing off into the sunset. Do you no, know what I mean? No, that's uh, it. Uh, and you got that great moment where the kids all go, well, for no reason, Sloth just goes, ah! and the kids it. will start going, ah! and that's just the end. <laughs> Goonies never die. No, there you go, Goonies guys. Well, there you go, die. Dan. That's it, man. So, cheers, mate. Thanks for uh, stepping on board for this episode man I mean it's just I, I, I couldn't think of anybody better to talk about this film man and uh, like I say you could probably hear it in our voices how much we love this film and people uh, listening to this episode I'm, I guess you're going to be on board with us I can't you know if you're a fan of this movie you know it's just things that we've t- talked about it's just it's just a fun movie isn't it do you know what I mean it's just it's a magical movie it's fun and you know i don't know if it will have the same effect on somebody who didn't grow up watching it you know uh, if you showed it to a 10 year old kid now i'm not sure or, well I mean, you've got children have you showed your children this yes movie? i what have they and they love it my daughter and my well my son and my daughter love it particularly my daughter i mean she is a massive fan of all these films now i mean i'm, I'm actually picking her up tomorrow um i haven't seen her for Aww. a little while but she actually said to me i said you're right you know i said what do you want to do when you when you come up you know, to dad's sweetheart, she said, oh, I just want to watch a movie with you. Do you know what I mean? And she, and she actually wants to watch um, The Gate, funny enough. From Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, because she thinks that's hilarious, especially with all the, like, the little monsters running around and all that. I love that movie. I love yeah, that movie. Because um, I've introduced her to all these films, like Fright Night, The Lost Boys, um, and she she thinks they're great. You know, Return of the Living Dead. And and again, like I say, like you just said, you know, I think kids do get these films, you know, even now, you know, they're sort of still tense. There's something, there's something within this film, and Spielberg's very good at doing it, that speaks to 
children. Mm. I don't know what it is, but the, he knows what buttons to press to, you know, activate child mode. You know, anytime I watch most Spielberg movies, I feel like instantly transported back to that that time. Yeah, very good at that. Yeah, very good. I mean, I think one of his films that he's done, which is, um, and I think you guys, we mentioned it because I know you got you did um, the Alien episode for podcast on Hornet Hill. We mentioned Close Encounters of Fur Kind. Um, and I know that's a bit of a segue from what we've been talking about, but what a movie. Do you know what I mean? I mean hell of a movie. Hell, hell of a movie. Film. Do you know what I mean? I mean I Terrifying just, as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, f- I find it hard to watch even now. Do you know what I mean? Because it scares the mm. shit out of me. Do you know what I mean? Especially that kid Absolutely. getting sucked out through the um, cat flap and... Oh, God. Oh, but, I forgot yeah, about that bit. Oh, Jesus. I have no idea what Spielberg did to get that, you know, that sort of atmosphere and special effects. Just amazing. But yeah, it's great. So, um, but yeah, there you go, guys. That's the Goonies. Um, so, Dan, what you got? Um, what you got coming up for Haunted Hill? Is it the is it the werewolf episode you're recording next? Yeah, we're getting uh, as I said, we're getting Larry, Harry, and Scary because our next episode is going to be. Um, now I know a lot of people are judging us on this, <laughs> but we're going to be covering we're going to be covering Dog Soldiers, great werewolf movie, but we're also going to be covering American Werewolf in Paris, uh. which Gav and I are both big fans of, and we will explain why when we review the film on our next episode. Um. And then the following episode, you'll be pleased to hear, is our John Carpenter part oh, three. Yeah. We're going to be looking at uh, Escape from New York and They Live. Oh, I'm looking forward to And you to guys, you and Gary were talking about um, Keith David, weren't you, in, in your yes. The Thing episode. He's yeah. such a badass. And I'm really looking forward to rewatching that with Rowdy Roddy Piper as well. Yeah, oh, so right. good. He's, um, yeah, Keith David, man. He's just, I think he plays pretty much the same character in They Live. So, um, but you believe I'll, in all this voodoo bullshit? <laughs> he's such a badass, isn't he? Um, and I imagine there's a certain percentage which which you see Keith David as him as a real character. Do you know what I mean? I could imagine Absolutely. him having that sort of attitude in human. I imagine he's probably a really nice guy in real life as well. Um, but yeah, now looking forward to that, Dan. And um, so our next episode, mate, I was. Uh, Obviously, we're going to do Princess Bride with uh, Kate Pollock. So we're going to yeah. do a three-way As episode. You wish. She said, you know, she'd like to come onto the show and join us for that one. So I said, yeah, come on board. So I'll um, be looking forward to that. And after that, Dan, I was thinking, I know we had um, a couple of episodes or shows in mind. Would you want to do um, Unbreakable? Do you want to talk about that movie? Hell Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. Something a bit more less eighties retro. Let's do something a bit more modern. Mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to talk about that. I love that movie. Yeah, I think that's a film I'd love to talk to you about because um, there's a. It's um. I mean, you know, I'm a huge superhero fan mm. and uh, big, especially Marvel and stuff. But this is one of those movies that isn't strictly a superhero movie, but it kind of is as well. Ooh, and yeah. It's, um, it's a super- and I think it's one of the best things Bruce Willis has done in a, in years, yeah. really. He was yeah. awesome in it. Yeah, I think it's um, a superhero which kind of touches on the general sort of population. Um, kind of like saying that there could be superheroes among us. Some people just don't know it. 
and I kind of like that concept. So uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to talking to you about that one. Okay, um, so me and you next is a little bit of Unbreakable. That means yeah. we've got some Samuel L. Jackson coming on into that as well. Woohoo! Oh, that is a tasty burger. Do you mind if I wash that tasty <laughs> burger down with this beverage? <laughs> You can't. Say what again? <laughs> I watched uh, Jackie Brown last night, funny enough. Oh, I haven't um, seen that in a long Samuel time. Samuel Jackson is phenomenal, isn't he? He's great at just spitting out this dialogue non-stop. He's so good. Yeah. So good. I watched something the other day. It was to do with, obviously, the lockdown that we're going through. It's called Staged. I don't know if you heard it. It was on BBC yeah. iPlayer, and it's about David Tennant oh, yeah, and Michael Sheen. And it was almost like what we're doing right now. So you and me are talking on Skype, recording the show. But they are just basically at each other, trying to sort of rehearse this play in the lockdown. And it's so funny. And uh, there's an episode where Samuel Jackson turns up in it. (laughs) 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 And uh, I I can't remember who it is now, but... Uh, David Tennant or Michael Sheen they're both slagging him off going oh he thinks he's this big actor but I can't stand him like this and all of a sudden he just pops up on the screen going hey guys uh, I'm here <laughs> like this you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're both going oh shit how long has he been listening to this conversation <laughs> and uh, yeah he basically says to David Tennant I don't even know where the hell you are what you been in you get, and then David Tennant goes well we were in a film together <laughs> Just stuff like that. It's just great. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, check I it mean, out. I mean, he must have been in so many movies. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm just going to very quickly check his credit. He's 189 films he's Jeez, been in. Jeez, has he? He's yeah. in everything, isn't he? Sometimes you're just watching a movie and he'll just show up for no reason. Oh, well, well, yeah. It's like, what's he doing in this? Yeah, he was in, um, I think he started off in Coming to America with Eddie Murphy, didn't he? He plays the Some of his very first movies were like Spike Lee movies. Yeah, he definitely was in Coming to America as well. Um, he really came... I mean, you can thank Tarantino, really, for uh, really cracking his career wide open yeah. with Pulp Fiction. Um, that, that was the one that did it, really, wasn't it? But um, oh, I, I really remember him from Loaded Weapon. I, I used to love Loaded oh, Weapon. Oh, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh. Might, might, be enough, might be enough one for bite size. <laughs> Do something a little bit. I've watched it for years. I haven't, no. That's great. But I, I don't know if it holds up well. We'll have to, we'll have to check it out. <laughs> that came out at the same time as Super Mario Brothers. Did With, it? Uh, oh, that, yeah. Now that... Can I just put this one out there? Yeah. That is one I'd be more than happy to discuss. I think I remember you talking about that. I actually went to the cinema to go and see that back in the day. Me and, too. Um, I went to watch it with my, my mum and dad on holiday in Weymouth in oh, Dorset. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember being incredibly disappointed that it was nothing like Mario Brothers, but also at the same time, absolutely loved it. I, and, and it's a terrible film, but I still have a, such a soft... It's similar to Street Fighter with Van Damme. Those movies are terrible, but I love them both. I don't know why. I cannot yeah. tell you why. Well, some films you just can't explain, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just... I don't know. But, yeah, we seem to go... Do we went, help? went for a phase. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'd say the answer to that is probably yeah. <laughs> Give you a quick answer on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, okay. And then, well, we've ended up with Samuel Jackson, Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter. Um... 
Hey uh, man, it's well, it's a pleasure as always. Um, yeah, you thank too. Thank you Dan. so much for having me on. Uh, you know, I really enjoy catching up with you and and, and doing these these episodes. So, um, more than happy to come back um, as long as you keep firing films at me. Dan, I'm having an absolute blast, man. Honestly, mate, I think it's um, and like I say, I'm getting some feedback, you know, on the shows and all that sort of stuff. And your name gets mentioned quite a bit, so you know, it's it's good stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? So. More than happy oh, to keep this rolling, man. So, um, yeah, cheers, Dan. So, guys, um, as you heard, that's what we'll be back with. Um, so, look out for The Princess Bride. So that'll be our next episode. In fact, in fact, that'll probably be my next episode. I think I'll be doing a couple of solo shows. I'm actually thinking about doing um, Airport 1977 with Jack Lemon uh, as Ooh. a solo episode. Because I think that needs a little bit of a shout-out with Christopher Lee. So, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Dan, that's just, that nice. film. I, I looked at that the other day and I thought, that's just got everything in it. Do you know what I mean? Hijack, uh, goes into an oil rig, goes into the water, Jack Lemon's in it, Christopher Lee, loads of stars. So I thought, yeah, I'll give that a shout. I so, love those those types of movies. That, Poseidon, those sort of movies that mm, all come out. Towering Inferno. Yeah. yeah they're, they're great, those movies. Well, like I say, mate, oh, there's just so many films out there. Then we could jump on board with one of those if you like as well. You fancy doing a bit of a disaster movie or something like that. So, Tower Inferno or whatever. So, um, oh. yeah. All right, buddy. Well, um, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, as always, I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So, please go and check out all the other shows, including that Gat. Oh, <laughs> Gat. Uh? Dan and Gats. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. I'll just put my teeth back in. Uh, including Dan and Gav's show podcast and all the deal. Please go and check out that podcast. And um, you can find Bite Size Cinema on several players, including iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And um, I've also got a Facebook page where I'm most active. So anything on there any movies that you want me to take a look at or anything else um like i say we have a ton of fun on there so and uh thanks to everybody who supports that page as well who's listening as well it's very much appreciated so there you go guys um keep treasure hunting keep it bite-sized keep it safe and we'll see you soon see you later guys goodbye show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, 
Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.